Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my day one patch notes discussion. I read through them all. These will be the patches, uh, updates and things going into the game on the 22nd when the game goes live officially. Not early access anymore, but an official launch for the game. And that will be on the 22nd. I talked about why it gave me confidence, and there's some really good changes coming to the Javelins. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now if you want to come in and join the conversation. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or look me up, say no to rage on Twitch, or you can follow me on Twitter to keep up with all the things that I'm doing. And if you're here live right now, following and submitting questions is a great way to support the stream. Let me pull down the ask banner and let's get right in to the conversation. Have you done the Colossus shield and repair? How does it feel? I'm not actually sure when you say shield and repair, if you mean like shield and revive somebody, that's not in the game yet. Uh, putting your shield up and reviving a teammate is coming on the 22nd and it sounds freaking dope. And the reason they did this is you could hide as a ranger or a storm or whoever and get your shield back and then use that when you know resing your buddy to stay safe um that's something that you can do well the colossus can't do that because his shield is basically you know it, it has to be out in order for you uh to use it and so they made that change that's a that's a fantastic change and I'm really glad they made it. So I'm I'm happy again for them to look at things in the game that aren't quite functioning at their peak or as they should and fixing it. Like letting the javelin, I'm sorry, letting the colossus pull out his shield faster. Uh I was a frustration I had and I pointed it out. I was like this isn't streamlined. Um a lot of people have said it's in the game already. Really? I don't. I haven't tried it. I'm not on my Colossus right now. We'll have to try it later. I didn't know that they, they you know, that was in the game already. Uh, I thought that was a day one patch. So I, I had tried numerous times to get out my shield and res a buddy, and it would, uh, would not let me. So I did that yesterday numerous times. Uh, J. Christ says. Rather than nerfing of Masterworks, uh, the drop rate of Masterworks into the ground in free play, why not make stronghold specific Masterworks and legendaries? Let's not break the train uh, to make the blocks doper. Using my uh, my analogy, I can't. I don't remember where I got that analogy from somebody, but I hear where you're coming from. I've always said like, if you want people to you know play with the blocks, don't break the trains to make the blocks seem cooler. Um, and so he's using my analogy. I love this. So here's the thing. I, I, I totally get it. I get where you're coming from. It's like, why not just let it be awesome and continue to be awesome? My concern would be endgame incentivization, I think, breaks down when you are allowing low-level gameplay to be too rewarding. Even if you did strike-specific masterworks or the stronghold-specific masterworks, which they've said they're not interested in doing, okay? But let's say they do it. Well, I I don't know if that necessarily solves the problem because that still means you can get the lion's share of the best loot in the game by doing virtually the most basic stuff. The turnover rate of masterworks and chests and public events in the free play area, you, it, it cannot be overstated. It, it is immensely effective. And I... 
I, I already feel that sense of like, why bother doing these, you know, these things that take forever? Why bother? What's the point? You know, I'm just going to go and do free play and because it's better. I literally just this morning, just this morning did, uh, uh, con- a legendary contract and got nothing. I we we did a le- we did a contract a legendary contract just a little bit ago where we had to uh, we had to kill like three titans and each titan dropped just the most garbage basic white green blue and a purple like three different titans. I mean that's just kind of silly, right? I mean if I'm doing a legendary contract and I'm fighting three titans, they were the, they were the miniature ones. They weren't like the full grown ones, right? If I'm fighting three titans and I'm getting a lower drop rate turnover than I typically get when I just run free play, I don't know. Uh, Jesse Anderson just tweeted that it's almost time for a full list of patch notes. We read through what was leaked on Reddit. If there's more stuff that we miss, we'll read that on stream. I won't put that in the podcast, obviously, but we'll we'll read that on stream. Because it'll take me a while to kind of see... Uh, you know, how much luck you running? When I was running it on my Colossus, it was quite a bit. Um... Now we have one of these soft locks where the game, the server has to catch up with us. So in my look, in my mind, if I'm gonna go into the public free free play area, I think I think tiering the drop rates is totally fine. And then if you're like, well, the drop rate for you know Grandmaster is really strong, Grandmaster one, and it boosts it, it should really boost it for you know. The strongholds, legendary contracts. You see what I'm saying? Like, there should be a clear and, and, and present difference between you running the harder end game content and the more basic. Yo, what's good, Robic I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying nerf it into the ground. I think there's a delicate balance, and I, and I want to explain why I think there's a delicate balance. You don't want Johnny Q Public buying the game and feeling like I'll never get those really cool things my buddies have because I can't really go into, you know, Grandmaster 1 Strongholds. I just enjoy free play and contracts. Or I just enjoy Strongholds on hard. I think having free play be something that can reward anybody is good. You just really have to be careful with the drop rate. Because what ends up happening is you either you do one or two things. You make it too accessible and you end up with the Destiny 2 situation. The vanilla Destiny 2 situation. You got all the gear, you leveled up, it was super easy to get everything. All you had to do was run public events. That was it. That was all you had to do. And it, it led to what we called the casualification of the game. And it hurt it in the long run. Right Now, you don't want to run in the opposite direction. Each side, I think, has, has its own potential pitfalls. And because of those potential pitfalls, you can really, really hurt player incentivization. If you boot up the game and just want to run free play or run some contracts, you don't want to do legendary contracts. You don't want to do the... You don't want to do like the hardest of the hard. Well, if that's the case, then those players should feel some some empowerment towards reward instead of feeling like there's literally nothing in the game for them. Um, so like I get I get why they need free play to be an experience that feels at least moderately rewarding. Um, I guess we're leaving. That public event got glitched or something. It would it just never finished. It said to clear the area of scars and then it just it just it just kind of hung there um it's unfortunate 
So again, but then at the same time, at the same time, you don't want incentivization to break down in the opposite direction. If it breaks down in the opposite direction where the hardcore players are like, there's literally no reason to run really, really challenging content. If I go into a stronghold at Grandmaster 1 like we did yesterday, we did the Heart of Rage, Grandmaster 1, it took us an hour and a half I couldn't believe how long I took. I went back and watched the past broadcast just to be sure. I was like, an hour and a half? Are you freaking kidding me? You know? And we got nothing. We got nothing to show for it. We didn't get anything. To, we, nothing worthwhile dropped from the boss. Now, the boss is what took so long. I did get a masterwork or two from the beginning. You know, from like some of the enemies. So I, I left with two masterworks. But I would have been better off just leaving. Leaving the area. And after getting a couple masterworks and not fighting the boss because he took an eternity so you have to tier the loot you have to give people that incentive to be like oh I'm going to go into and I'm going to do this stuff it's going to be worth it and when you do it there's those there's those appropriate drops it's like in Destiny when people got people got the uh, the the raid gear without running the raid, and I said that it hurt incentivization. It was bad, you know. That is, I think, that is exactly kind of what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a situation where the loot incentivization is driving you to the most base level content, and then you're you're feeling sort of. I feel sort of cheated to a certain extent. I don't understand why this is happening. We finished the event, and I was waiting to open the chest. You guys were taking a thousand years over there to come and we just stood and died because you wouldn't come open the chest. I'm trying to be nice. Like, come where we are. Like, you know, we're all, we're standing on a chest waiting for you. Um, so, I, yeah. The, the drop rate needs to be healthy in the game and not disproportionate. You don't want people feeling like the hard content's worthless and the easy content's super rewarding. But you also don't want to go on the other edge, on the other end of the spectrum and make it feel like people can't get any loot. People can't get any loot unless they do the hardest of the hard content. Like, there's two there's two pits we can fall into. I got a masterwork. There's two pits you can fall into. Just for an example, I did legendary contract and, 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 uh, and uh, I did two legendary contracts this morning and three contracts, and I got no, I got thing, I got like one masterwork. I got three masterworks in my free play session already. I just think they need to look at that. The, 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 the speed with which we can do public events and chess in the free play area is fast, and I think that's fine, but it's leading to, um, uh, uh, it's just a disproportionate reward. It's super, super rewarding. Blagadoo. What's the best case or worst case scenario for how Bioware handles Anthem for the next year? I mean, the best case scenario is kind of what we're in now. People play and they say, hey, this is broken, this is bad, this isn't working. And they're like, okay, no problem. And a week later, there's a bunch of fixes. Okay, that's best case scenario. Because that means not only can they crank out quality, but they can crank out fixes. That also gives me confidence that they can crank out uh, new content as well. Right? Here's new stuff. Here's a new event. Here's a new this. Here's a new that. Um, Worst case scenario would be that people don't respond well to the game. Because folks are really doing a lot of negative narrative driving. Uh, People in positions of influence are... I think taking the easy route and they're making videos that are all negative and there are those of us that are saying yeah this thing needs fixed this is bad this is frustrating this needs adjusted and we're seeing those adjustments uh, those adjustments are being made 
um, and we're trying to be nuanced and we're trying to be measured and worst case scenario is that negative narrative will take hold and if it does take hold then people will start to just say oh this game's no good I'm not going to play it and the dilemma there would be people are missing out on a really good game primarily because of the opinions of others not because they tried it and saw for themselves uh I think day one, this game is going to be in significantly better shape than it was during the beta and early launch. And I think the coming weeks that follow, we're going to see more and more quality of life. I mean, write it down. Write it down. Seriously. I think middle of March, we're going to be like, wow, they've done so many improvements, so many quality of life adjustments. There's going to be events. There's the roadmap. There's always things going on. I genuinely think people are going to be, as I already am, I already am impressed at the speed with which they are fixing things and adjusting things. It just is very, very fast. And that's encouraging. In this day and age, a lot of games either don't fix things or they take too long or maybe they're like Fortnite and they completely ignore the community until there's finally a competitor on the field and then suddenly the laundry list of pro requests for Fortnite just magically get shoved into the game after Apex Legends comes out. You see what I'm saying? Like, even a really successful game like Fortnite that people were singing the praises of was basically ignoring its community for months at a time and breaking things and causing problems and frustrating the player base uh, for months at a time. And, you know, and then you got Bungie. Bungie's got an a, 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 a engine and a dev, te- a, a, like a, a dev toolkit set that it's almost impossible for them to make quick changes. You know, they take months to make changes or they take months to make changes and they go back on their words. Like, we're not going to, we're, we're not in the business of nerfing things. And then we get into the new year and they're like, oh yeah, all those things you guys were enjoying, yeah, they're all nerfed. They're not as good as they were. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I I think I think people are gonna I think people are gonna turn around in a couple months or at least in just a month and we're gonna say, I'm I'm very pleased with the rate of improvements and quality of life adjustments because they're setting a really, really great tone now for that uh, already. Uh, what javelin has least end game viability? I'd have to play all of them to give you an answer. I don't know. I think they all have masterwork abilities and complementary builds that are nuts. I mean, there are there are builds that are just freaking nuts. I had a build going with my Colossus yesterday that was just absolutely insane. I was feeding my elemental damage with an auto rifle, and then I was using the elemental damage to freeze. Then then while they were frozen, I would use my auto rifle to feed the elemental damage again. And I mean, it was it was very very enjoyable. And just looking at the masterworks, the guns really start to come in as complementary ability, you know, complementary to your abilities. The more you play and the more masterworks you get, it's it's uh, it's good. It's a good system. So I can't tell you which one has the least amount of viability because I know that I know Colossus people were really worried about him, but I I don't know. He is silly silly strong. Uh, for endgame viability. I was really, really enjoying him. Uh, and let's see if we can't have a decent fight on this guy t- This uh, now. Um, he has so much automatic damage. It's very frustrating. I'm going to wait for his chest to open and see if I can't get my... my um... Yeah, he's about to do it. Let's see if I can't get a bunch of my rockets to go into his chest. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Got him about half health there. That was a nice little volley. Um... See if we can't get him to do an attack here. 
You can get good hits on his hands, good hits on his chest. You just got to be patient, and you got to be on the move a lot. It's pretty frustrating if you are a uh, if you're a Colossus. This fight's not fun as a Colossus. Man, I was. I just feel like I'm not close enough to get hit by that. <clears throat> you really got to stand back when he goes down. You really got to stand back. Um, next question, Craft is my dad. Did they say that cataclysms are their systems of seasons? Also, the fact that we have such fast response to bugs and fixes makes me very hopeful for this game. I feel that every MMORPG needs a solid 6 to 12 months before it can reach its potential. Uh, They have not said about cataclysms being seasons. I've been using the expression seasons because I just think that's a that's a accessible term that people use for games like this. They have not used the term seasons. But when I look at the I look at the builds we can do and the abilities that we have, I see them injecting the game in like a rhythmic sort of seasonal manner. And if you kind of look at that annual pass uh Yes, more, more and more, more. Give me the loot. If you look at the annual pass, not the annual pass, I'm sorry, their roadmap. If you look at their roadmap, um, I think it looks seasonal to me. They even had like a name for what's coming for, for March. I forget what it's called. So they've not said seasons. I've been saying seasons just because I think that's an accessible term that people use in Destiny and in Diablo. And I think it's a pretty good way of looking at, uh, you know, how they kind of just add things rhythmically. Um, so I'm trying to uh, just follow Milo. Big, Bigfoot, Big Socks, thank you so much for your Prime sub. Old and grimy, I might have missed your 23-month resub. And Jonathan... Uh, I miss yours as well, and I, Sergi. Guys, Jonathan, you're one month away from the red badge, and Old and Grimy, you're one month away from two-year badge. Thank you guys so much for subbing that long. That's great. Uh, Edward of Rafusen says, Do you like the only PvE approach, or at least for the foreseeable future? Personally, I love it. I am an enormous fan of the absence of PvP. Uh, the people asking for PvP, I say this with love in my heart. I don't really care that you want PvP, and I don't care if you're not happy, because that's not the game this game set out to be. I have dealt with four years of a split identity RPG game called Destiny, and it is ridiculously frustrating to constantly put up with the problems in that game and the frustrations. Uh, if you want a PvP game, go play a PvP game. Like, I say that with love in my heart. Like, seriously, if you want a PvP game, go play one. I have never gone to a PvP game and been like, yo, uh, so where's the loot grind in the RPG, man? What's going on here? What's this own, what's this strictly PvP game? What, what, what's the deal here? I never do that. Why? Um, it's, it's, I, I don't mean to be mean. It's, uh, it's stupid to do that. Like, I don't understand why. Uh, where's the where's the PvP in Tomb Raider and Uncharted? And where's the PvP in I don't know any other game that's come out and owned its identity, right? Where's the RPG and the questing in Apex Legends? What the frick, man? What the frick? I want a Titanfall three. What is this, right? I mean, it's it's a PvP battle royale game. It's it's not a game with PVE, and that's okay. It'll be okay. Every game does not have to please your sentimentality, um, you know. Video games are not a buffet. A lot of the times, they're 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 a specialty shop. You know, you go to a steakhouse, they that's their specialty. You know, you go to a buffet and you get steak at a buffet. It ain't gonna be like the steak at the steakhouse. Why? 
because that's not what they're, you know, that's not their specialty. They, they're kind of trying to do everything. And I happen to think more games are going to start coming out and they're really going to dig into this is our identity. We're not trying to do everything. If you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody, you know? And look, I know games like Uncharted and Diablo and Warframe have done PvP, but every single person that's ever been in my stream has been like, the PvP in Warframe and Diablo is literal garbage. So what's the point? Like, that's my question to people that want PvP in Anthem. If they added it and it was trash, would you be happy? No, you'd be probably more frustrated. And guess what? So would the rest of us. Like, oh, great. They wasted a bunch of bandwidth development time. They got a whole team assigned to this. Quality of life updates and DLC are now going to be split, and some are going to be focused on PvP, and it's not even good, right? It's not even good. That's what ends up happening, I think. Like, let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest about Destiny. Has Destiny's PvP ever been amazing? What, for three months? Everybody's got their own three-month slice of Destiny's PvP that they think was good. But for the most part, it's been four years of mediocre. <laughs> it's it's been four years of mediocre. Like, do you, like half a decade of mediocrity. Why? Because we want they wanted to have it in the game, and that's fine. But I just I don't I think it's a testimony to the fact that you can basically try to please too many people and end up with content that's just not that good. Um, I don't know. I look at I look at games that own their identity and they tend to be the most popular. Uh, you know, and I know Call of Duty was doing like the campaign, you know, multiplayer thing for a while, but even that started to get to the point where people are like, who cares about the campaign? Most player base is playing PvP and then they cut the campaign. So I'm happy that it's not in the game. I couldn't be more happy because of what I experienced for the last four years in Destiny. DJ May eighty eight. With a lot of bad reviews from top streamers and YouTubers, could you see this game becoming something like ESO? Um, I don't know. I feel like this game's a little bit more visually inviting than ESO. So even if people... Oh, man. Everything stuns you. Even those little dudes can, like, knock you down. Uh... Okay, I've had enough. Get the frick out of here, you little such and such things. What are you? Why are you so strong at stunning? They don't even hurt you, but they knock you back and stun you. That's, I think that's a prime example of why there's too much stunning in the game. I, I, I think I just got stunned again by one. Yeah, I just got stunned again by one. Um, anyway, sorry. Um... I think this game just has more of a natural visual appeal than ESO. Now, the other thing to remember is, for all intents and purposes, ESO should be a thriving directory, right? Should be a thriving directory. But Twitch doesn't do anything about viewbotters. So they ruin and trash directories. I mean, it's been happening today. I, I guess, like, every Russian partnered streamer is a viewbotter. I, di- I didn't realize that, like, but I guess that's the case. Like, no offense to Russian streamers that are legitimate. I'd be angry if I was a Russian streamer that was legitimate. But in the in the four years I've been on the platform, that has been a consistent theme. It's like, if you're Italian or Russian, you're just able to stream and just in- inflate your viewership. And that's what happened in Elder Scrolls Online. The, the entire directory it was just nothing but like toxic like view botters and if you tried to call them out or say anything they'd attack your channel it murdered that directory in its infancy got murdered by that crap right 
got absolutely murdered by that crap and Twitch doesn't do anything they just are like well there's no way to prove it and you know it's we don't ban people unless it's definitively provable blah 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 yeah cause anybody with a brain and the, and the website twinge can look at viewership patterns and know when someone is a cheating fraud you know, but they don't do anything. They just let it happen. Twitch internally, internally can see like embedded viewership source. Like they know people are getting a massive amount of viewers from other sources and they don't do anything about it. It's just like, it's ridiculous. And ESO right now is the center of some of that controversy. There are literally streamers in the ESO directory. I I read about it on Reddit, okay? There are people in the ESO directory that get anywhere from 8,000 or more extra views because their 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 channels embedded on some wiki website so they're basically getting this disgusting amount of viewership inflation sitting at the top of the directory and it's they're not viewers that are on twitch or coming to twitch or helping twitch they're literally just clicking on a wiki and because their twitch channel is embedded like all the way at the bottom of the wiki they're just constantly getting like a viewership inflation that's just it's just garbage and now people are abusing it they embed their channel and then they view bot where it's embedded and they just get viewer inflation it's been happening since the summer and it's just like you know what i mean yeah, exactly what Stupocalypse is talking about. It's like, come on, how is this good? How is this good for the platform? How is this good for for uh, for the directories that are trying to grow? It's like, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what's happening. But we don't have four four years on the platform. Platform's been out for a long time. I've been on the platform four years. We still don't have talent scouts for the directories to find people worth promoting. We still don't have people that police directories with respect to like harassment, view botting, follow botting, cheating pieces of garbage that are frauds that make money. They commit daily fraud. They get bits and subs. And they're literally a fraud. They make money under false pretenses. And nobody's doing anything about it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Listen, I know sometimes things take time. Sometimes it takes time to fix things. I get that. But this garbage has been going on since the summer of 2018. And it's inexcusable. It is inexcusable. Amazon owns the platform. You can't technically innovate ways to block this crap. You got advertisers. You got hardworking, talented people. And you got all this corruption on the platform. And we're just like, well, you know, we, we get more good from bad with embedding. So we're just going to kind of let it happen. What? What are you talking about? Right? I I don't know. The, as far as ESO and this directory are concerned, right? Because you're basically saying, with bad reviews from streamers and YouTubers, could this become like ESO? You need to understand, the reason I brought all this up is, you need to understand what happened to ESO. Elder Scrolls Online did not suffer did not suffer tragedy on Twitch because of YouTubers and Twitch streamers dogging the game. It suffered tragedy because people ruined the directory. And it's it's happening all over the platform. That's why I'm going up on this. That's why I'm going on this rant. It's terrible for the platform. Plenty of affiliates and partners are blatantly inflating their viewership on the platform on a daily basis and committing daily fraud. And if they use the Twitch bounty board, they're going to be making money from advertising campaigns that they have no business making. There's a lot of problems. This like legit 
legit needs addressed ASAP. If I was Amazon, I'd be having heads rolling. I'd be like, you guys need to fix this immediately. Because advertisers could leave the platform and be like, we don't want to advertise over there. Every directory's got nothing but a bunch of viewer inflating people in it, and it's just a bunch of fake garbage. Do you want to advertise on a platform where that's going on? Do you want to advertise on YouTube if that was going on? No. YouTube vets views all the time and nukes view bot view inflated channels and videos. They do it all the time. Can't believe I'm saying that YouTube's doing something better than Twitch for frick's sake. In any case, in any case, this this directory will do very well if it stays cleaned up and people invest and and show how fun the game can be. I'm not talking about like being a shill, but I think like when people watch a game like this, as I said in the outset, I think this game has visual appeal. It looks cool. It looks awesome. It's going to look it's going to look even better once you can turn off camera shake, right? It's going to look really really good on Twitch. And then if the right people really invest in the community and aren't cheesing and exploiting stuff, like that's why I got so irritated about that, then I think it can be a very healthy directory for a very long time. I don't think this will become like ESO because of the game itself, because of Anthem. You have to understand, I went on that big long rant because there there are like a thousand other reasons as to why directories die on Twitch and it typically... It, it is related to the game, but sometimes it has almost nothing to do with the game. Because for all intents and purposes, ESO should be a thriving directory on Twitch. It looks good, it's aesthetically cool, you can get cool armor, you can get cool weapons, it's got great RPG depth and length, really, really cool things to do, and you can play with the community, there's dungeons, there's co-op, you know what I mean? It's a... It's... It's... There's a lot that makes ESO good, and it didn't do well for a lot of other reasons other than the goodness or the value of the game. YouTubers and Twitch streamers dogging the game is is a is a flash in the pan, right? They'll get their clicks, they'll get their views, and then they'll move on. And the people that truly love Anthem will rally around the game and watch it. But that's why the directory has to be kept pure, because the directory, the people that want to watch Anthem need to be able to get access to, like, the real worthy people, not the nonsense that's going on, you know, in the directory on a daily, on a daily basis. Nomad 5. Me and three uh, of my friends all played the demo and picked our favorite javelins, and we had two Colossuses, one Storm Interceptor. Think this is a good combo? Yeah, I think it's a great combo. I think there's plenty of good combos. I would say play with whatever you want. Now, if you're going to go into Grandmaster 1, you know, Stronghold, and you're, it's, a, it's tough, and you know, and you know what you're signing up for. You're like, this is going to be a tough fight, guys. You know, then I would say going in with like four Colossus, you know, Colossuses might be rough. So when I say play with whatever you want, like I mean it with like an asterisk next to it. You got to be careful. Like if you just go charging in with everybody, everybody's using the exact same thing, that that could be problematic because you're basically not really having any depth uh, in your builds. Nothing's complimentary. Nobody's really helping each other with combos. Um, and that could be problematic. Now, somebody in chat saying one 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 is the best. Yeah, I mean, one of one of all of them is is probably a pretty great combo. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how the game's designed. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to play that way. I think you can play with a, a variety of combinations. But there, you're at loot limit. Okay, we'll we'll go back after this. After um, like. 
let's say there's two extremes okay extreme one would be if you run with one of every one of any every class you're probably gonna have like a really well-rounded group okay one of every class if everyone is the same class conversely you're probably going to be a little bit weaker does that make sense so like on a spectrum of efficiency the most efficient build is probably one of every class and the most inefficient build is probably four of the same class even if you go with like four storms or you go with like four interceptors because they're like really really strong i still think you're gonna want some variety in there now maybe i'm wrong maybe people start running four storms in the end game and they and they discover you know that it's just it's super super easy uh you know to get to get things done but i i don't know i feel like i feel like that's always going to have like an intrinsic pain of inefficiency or imbalance J. Christ. Aren't people forgetting that masterworks are more comparable to legendaries in Destiny and legendaries should uh, should be hard to get? Well, I think the reason maybe some people are looking at it and saying, you know, drop rates are a little high. Yeah, I'm at my loot limit too, Milo. I think the reason people are saying the loot limit is high. See, this is why I need to be able to I can't get these purples. I need to be able to go in here to track and delete the whites. I need to be able to delete those out of there. That's that because these purples could have luck. They could be components with luck, and I could take those back and change my build to give me better loot drops. And I can't pick them up. I don't like that. Um, that's a bit of a bummer. We need to not get close. We need to not get close to the loot. Uh, the loot limit because that's 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 a that's a that's a detriment to your farm uh, big time. So, uh, did, 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 did. yeah, okay, I want to I continue answering your question, though. One of the main reasons people are taking issue with Masterworks being too available is basically legendaries or Masterworks with better, like, better stuff, better stats, better inscriptions, right? So, you just, you've got to remember that. When you see, like, when you see a Masterwork, you're seeing what the legendary will be. You're just seeing it with the, the slightly inferior stats, and that 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 point needs to be made, I think, because you are you're not necessarily in the dark anymore once you see it. And I think that's why some people were worried. They're like, "Man, we're seeing everything so fast." This is why I was worried about the um, the nature of people getting stuff too fast with the exploits. I was like, "You're taking all the mystery out of the game." Well, m- given that masterworks are legendaries that aren't quite legendaries yet that's kind of a similar situation uh it's kind of a similar situation so i'm not saying that there's credence to what folks are if 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 folks are criticizing and saying that it's it's you know it's too it's too much i think people need to remember you're watching people play at an incredible breakneck speed and i said this would happen right i was like look you are people are going to hit thresholds and they're going to hit the point where they like they have everything and it happens really fast and a lot of people got there way too quickly and it's not the game's fault i mean it is the game's fault but the players chose to do it you know nobody forced you to exploit and cheese farming paths and and things that are like disproportionately rewarding you know 
Maruso350. Guys, if you're enjoying the Q&A in this dialogue, this is a live broadcast. I'm live right now. I put the I put the gameplay smaller for this segment. It's like an interactive radio show. I do these segments all the time. We talked about the day one patch notes, and now I'm taking questions from the audience. If you're enjoying this stream, uh, I never ask for subs or do sub drives. All I ever say is a great and easy way to support the stream is to click the follow button. So if you see that follow button and you look down there, you can click that and that is the heart button. That will make sure you don't miss my streams. Free and easy way to uh, to help out. So there's more in there's more depth in the patch notes uh, apparently. So we will read those uh, momentarily when we're done with Q and A. So stick around for us reading through the patch notes. Uh, is it me or is the Ranger alt underwhelming? Here's the thing about the Ranger that you need to understand. Okay. The ranger should be in constant motion and getting combos all the time. He should be priming with his melee, getting a combo. Priming with his melee, getting a combo. Because you get single target damage. He gets his abilities back really, really fast. Like, I get my my pulse beam back incredibly fast. If you run double debt, you're always going to be able to, you know, combo your, your primers. Okay? When you're doing that, you're getting your ult back very, very quickly. And the reason you're getting your ult back very, very quickly is your ult is meant to be used on a regular basis. It's meant to be used on a regular basis. You're not meant to save his ult like the big storm ult or the big colossus ult. That's not the kind of ultimate that it is. And we got a seeker missile. Uh, I think that's a seeker missile, isn't it? Yes, I I love seeking missile. It does a 15% combo damage and 10% to the gear damage, so that's really good. Auto rifle gets more ammo and sniper gets more ammo. Those aren't the best inscriptions. After defeating an enemy, regain 100% charge can occur once every 25 seconds. That's exciting. That's that's. I'm glad to have that. I like that. I like that. I got a masterwork frost grenade. Uh, we've we've been using this, but the gear is 150% damage. It's got 150% damage bonus on there. So we might have to switch that out with the one that I've been using. Uh, we got a Seeker Grenades. Uh, I don't like Seeker Grenades, but it has Ambusher's Fury. Defeating enemies from above grants 75% increased weapon damage for 25 seconds. Again, I just think Seeker Grenades are garbage, so I don't know if they're any better in the Masterwork, but that perk doesn't seem worth it. Uh, we already have this. Detonates an explosion of electricity when you defeat an enemy. This is the Blast Missile Masterwork. So we got some good things here, and we're going to have to keep our eyes open uh, on the components for luck because those could really lead to better drops. Uh, so yeah, I answered the the old feeling underwhelming on the Ranger is I think you're supposed to use it on a regular basis. Fonjo, anything in the day one patch notes that's not a technical fix that would make you change your mind and feel like refunding Anthem at the moment. How am I going to read patch notes and be convinced to refund? That doesn't make any sense. Patch notes are literally improvements to the game. Oh man, they're improving this. I'm get, I'm refunding the game. I don't understand why or how you would come to that conclusion. That's strange to me. Now, if I felt like they were nerfing the game or hurting the game, maybe, but by and large, patch notes and and quality of life fixes are things to be celebrated, not things to be frustrated by. Again, unless you feel like they're completely trashing one of the classes that you like or something, uh, I wouldn't think that'd be a reason to not uh, play. I think that'd be a reason um, 
to pick the game up and play you're like oh wow there is a uh there's a lot of quality there's a lot of improvements coming so i didn't see anything anything in the patch notes that would make me like not want to pick the game up and play if anything like i said it gives me confidence in the game nomad i know the game hasn't fully launched yet do you think anthem 2 will be a thing as of now they have indicated that they don't have any plans of doing sequels they plan to invest in the world that they're creating um there 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 does there doesn't seem to be a plan in their in their toolbox to say we really want to uh we really want to you know um we really want to do you know a, a second game and this and that like that just hasn't been in their in their in their purview it seems like most of the time they talk about it they have been saying that their plan is to continue to invest in the world of anthem as a service game uh, and that has me excited because I feel like that is a uh, that's a better way to handle these games. I, I think that sometimes the sequels you put too much pressure on yourself to you know to make the game good, to make the next one even better than the last one, and then I feel like it it leads to I don't know. I feel like it can lead. I feel like it can lead to a detriment to the quality. Um, so. Milo lost a masterwork. Yeah, we need to start going back. As soon as we get like five lines, we should just come back. Every time, once as soon as we have five lines of those things, just come back. Every time. Um, yeah, this one doesn't have very good perks on it. This has gear damage of 150%. So we're gonna equip that one. Um, and we don't need to keep we don't need to keep that. That's not worth keeping. And our assault launcher, we're gonna try the uh, we're gonna try that. And then I wonder. If you can, can I now create all these? No, I need to use it for a while, right? Yeah, I need to unlock the, uh, the, the, I need to unlock the, the thing that it has. So LMG ammo support speed coming back, um, is pretty good. The ice effect has got a 13%, but I think getting my support back regularly is a, is a good decision. We don't really need that. Um, I like comparing the abilities. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, I try to uh, include you guys in like what I'm doing by reading. And what I'm doing is, is I'm comparing the components right now. So I'm picking a Ranger component augment that does ice effect of 3 and 10% of 13. And the one I got is shotgun ammo and support speed. Um, I don't use the support bit thing enough. Uh, to help with that, I think the ice effect. I don't know repair drop rate and pickup radius. I think I, I think I'm gonna go with that. We don't necessarily need such small amounts to add it to the ice. Um, so, and this is just thruster speed and pickup radius, so we can delete that as well. So our build has slightly changed because we now have the ability to see. This is what this is. This is typically I like running double detonation. But this 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 grenade is really really nice, and I have a lot that's buffing. I'm not going to be double buffing my melee anymore, though. This was buffing my melee as well as the uh, the the frost was, so I am going to be losing that. Uh, Holomania. If you like to use a sniper, which class would you recommend? I'd recommend Storm. There's even a masterwork sniper that you get a damage bonus while hovering, and this and he can hover for a long time. So I would say. Uh, Storm would be a great, uh, great class to go uh, with sniping. Org Hammer says, to buy or wait a bit. I do not tell people whether to buy or not to buy. I do not do that. What I do is, 
I point to what I feel are quality points that I'm enjoying, and then you can make up your mind based on that. So, I'm enjoying the game. I think it's worth, for me, if I was looking at everything people are doing, I would say, I want to get that game. You know, the, the loot grind is good, the diversity is good, the gameplay is good. Now, obviously, as I've said, I, like, I, ha- I try to own my bias. I have not had the glitches, bugs, and problems that lots of other people have had. So I have had a good experience. Now, I think that's an insight into how good the game can be. If people's, if people's negativity is primarily driven by bugs and glitches, those can be fixed. Once those are out of the way, there's a good game behind those things. And I think my testimony is proof of that. Those things aren't getting in my way. And so I'm just able to play the game and have a good time. So my feedback is largely positive. That doesn't mean I'm a a sellout or a shill. It just means I'm not getting bogged down by glitches and bugs. So once you get past those things, it's a really, really good game. And that means that negative reviews or telling people not to buy based off of bugs and glitches is, in my opinion, like, I don't know. It seems it seems really heavily slanted. It seems very slanted. And but I understand why you would say, you know, don't get the game or wait or whatever. I don't tell people to wait. I don't tell people to buy. I say, watch as much as you can, get exposed to as much as you can, and make up your own mind. Here's what I think is good. Here's what I think needs fixed. And what I've been saying today is they have done what I've considered to be an exceptionally effective and quick job at responding to what we've been saying needs fixed. And that gives me hope that a lot of people's frustrations will dissipate with time and dissipate very quickly. Because again, it seems like they are dead set on doing very, very fast updates. And that's the key, I think, for a game like this. What are your thoughts on the end game so far? I've enjoyed the end game. I think it's fun to search for uh, Masterworks with the inscriptions that you want. A lot of people are worried about the rate at which we're getting Masterworks. But keep in mind, just a second ago, I unequipped and equipped something based on the fact that the inscriptions, the words on the item were vastly different yesterday I got a masterwork of something I already had but and it was an elemental attack and it came with an inscription that added 150% to my elemental damage well that was an easy decision right that wasn't difficult to say which one should I equip well that's what you're essentially hunting for you're essentially hunting for inscriptions that are in line with what you're wanting to do or are better or go along with your build you could look for inscriptions that really boost your ice damage because you're really you're running an, an ice build. Well, if that's the case, then you might get a masterwork item that is fine, but you're you have zero interest in it because it doesn't have the inscriptions that you want. And as I, I interacted with Tefty yesterday on Twitter, and it's like as soon as you get a taste for the different types of builds you can have. I ran two different builds yesterday on my Colossus and they felt very, very different. One was more ranged and drawn back. One was more aggressive and like up in the mix. And it created, I think, a really, really fun uh, environment for me to, you know, oh, wow, I can try, I can play dialed back. I can play up in the mix. That's going to be determined a lot of the times by the the content that I'm going into. Maybe there's content where being up in the mix is really frustrating or it's actually perfect. You know, maybe there's content where you really think that being drawn back is more advantageous. I I think that that is exactly where you want people to, to, to be. 
Because then it's not, people are like, oh, it feels really samey. It feels really samey. I completely disagree. I've gone on contracts where I immediately am like, ah, this is going to be bad. I'm going to have a hard time, right? And then I'm like, oh, no worries. I'll, you know, I'll come back. I'll try my next build. Then I get into content. And I'm like, dude, this is literally the perfect build for this content. Like, this is exactly what you want to have for this, for this area. I don't know. And people are like, well, you can't change stuff on the fly. That's really annoying. Well, maybe for me, I like I forced myself to play a certain way and very clearly saw like, okay, there's a viable build here for range. I'm not really enjoying it in this content that I'm in because everything's too close, but that communicates something to me as a player. There's diversity and longevity and I can, oh, I'm going to go on this mission. Let's go farm that and let me change my loadout because range is terrible. Everything's up close or vice versa. I'm Ironic says, do you think due to all the negative press uh, surrounding Anthem, it'll be hard for new streamer or content creators to get traction? Not necessarily, because as I said, the hate train runs out of gas real fast. It runs out of gas real fast. And I said this the other day, like True Vanguard and some of the people were going back and forth on Twitter about people that just instinctively jump on Anthem videos and spew hate and call you a sellout or whatever. I basically said that from what I've learned the last four years is that the mob just moves on to the next thing. These are the same kids that just downvote a Call of Duty video because it's cool or they upvote, you know, of, of an egg on Instagram because they, you know, that's that's cool and it's an egg. It's not, it's not some pretty model, blah, 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 whatever. You know, they're trying to prove a point. The mob always shuffles on to the next thing very, very quickly. And so I don't have concerns at all. The mob, the mob has power, but it's, it's, how do I want to say this? It's like a cannon that shoots one, one cannonball. It's powerful and it can, it can hurt the boat, but that's all they get to do. It's just, it's like a, it's like a one-off. It's like, well, yeah, time to move on to the next thing. And it's because they're addicted to the dopamine injection of feeling like they're involved with something and they feel powerful. And that little dopamine injection wears off, you know, wears off after a while. So they got to go hate on something else. So they shuffle, you know, into someone's chat or comments on YouTube or, you know, whatever the frick. And they're just drones. They're just tiny brained trash parrot drones that have don't have original thoughts in their brain they just contribute to a predictable narrative every single time a game comes out. It, it, they're, they're a zero. They add nothing of substance to the conversation. You know, there are plenty of, there are plenty of thoughtful folks that are, that are creating content and saying, you know, things could be better. You know, things could be in a better place. And these are the things that need fixed. But they don't, like, bash the game and jump on the hate train. Um, they'll move on to something else. They're, they don't have relevancy of their own, right? Their relevancy, like think about the YouTubers that do this. Their relevancy is dependent upon something else, not them. Does that make sense? <laughs> like they need something to talk about in order to be relevant. They don't have their own self-made relevancy. So controversy, hate, outrage, these things, they're easy meal tickets. So they have to just shuffle to the next thing. They're not going to camp out and make 18 anti-anthem videos because that train runs out of gas. People are like, cool, man. We, we, uh, 
we we get that you don't like anthem you're gonna make it you're gonna talk about anything else you know just one of those things tyler says what's up lono uh, I'm liking Anthem, but the jump from hard to Grandmaster 1 is stupid. I had all purples and three Masterworks with a good team and got smashed during a mission. I feel they should dumb down Grandmaster 1 and ease into 2 and 3. Well, apparently the text for Grandmaster 1 is wrong, and it's supposed to be quite a bit harder than the impression that they give you. Now, I don't know if that means that they're going to dumb it down or make it so where you can go in and be stronger. I, you know, I don't know... I don't know which which uh, which approach they're gonna take, but the jump the jump to Grandmaster does seem a little uh, disproportionate right now, and they I don't know if they're gonna want to dumb it down though, because it I think a lot of it comes down to strategy and build, and really I think a lot of it comes down to you're supposed to feel that pain of I don't have any grand I don't have any masterworks you know you're supposed to feel that pain and so I'm fine with it I'm not I'm not worried about it it does seem like hard is really easy and grandmaster is a bit of a nut crusher and that shift does seem pretty dramatic I don't know if that means hard isn't hard enough or if Grandmaster needs toned down just a touch, just Grandmaster 1. Because that was happening to me yesterday. I was one-tapping every enemy. I just I basically just went on a melee spree. Um, and that melee spree resulted in me feeling like, well, everything here is weak. So let me uh, you know, let me let me turn the difficulty up. And then when I turned the difficulty up to Grandmaster, I you know, I was getting my freaking teeth punched in. I do think there is a bit of a there is a bit of a a, a a significant jump from from hard to grandmaster one that might need looked at. Follow up: Do you think Anthem uh, listing will be massively stacked? I'm not really sure what you mean. Um, as far as it'll be massively stacked, look if you're trying to stream on Twitch, the best thing to do is pick a game that you like and pick a game that you can put on a good show with, like. There was a time where I, I interacted with a guy who was like trying to stream Destiny. And when he was trying to stream Destiny, he got really mad and he made some tweets about how like he was really angry that, you know, how much time he invested in the directory. He had almost no community growth from it. Okay. Now, I understand a streamer being frustrated. There's nothing wrong with being frustrated. Okay. But his attitude betrayed the motivation. He was streaming Destiny for community growth he wasn't streaming destiny because he liked the game and was going to make good content it's like all right i'm going to stream destiny because i think it's a good game for community growth frustration comes from unmet expectations his expectation was i will get community growth from destiny he didn't get community growth from destiny and he complained about that so in his mind streaming destiny was a means to an end and I think the best streams come out of people and come out of environments where they genuinely enjoy the game that they're playing. And that's where things happen that are, I think, magical. Like, I don't think you could play Fortnite and, and, and build a viewership base around Fortnite if you weren't good. That's the primary thing, right? And even if you're good, you have to be having a, a good time. 
nobody wants to watch a grump just absolutely destroy uh in in Fortnite. Now maybe they do. I don't know. That might actually be a pretty good selling factor. You know, you're like the you you know, make your make the name of your channel the God Grump and you're a god but you're grumpy even though you're playing amazing. You're you know, you're always that could be like your stick. You know, I'm the God Grump. I'm never satisfied with anything. I could always be better. You know, you're grumpy and you're you're down on yourself. You know, there you go. There's a character you could do. But the the key though I I think is still it has to be natural. It can't be forced. So I'm not saying that you're thinking this, but I think a lot of the times this is what happens. A newer streamer will watch my videos about, you know, strategy on Twitch, things to think through, etc. Things to, things to, oh wait, you know, what game should you pick? How, you know, what game should you stream or whatever? I give the three factors of game selection like this. In order of importance. Okay, I'm just gonna say it right now. These little guys that shock you out of the sky, that it, it I, what the frick are we doing? Like, do you really need to harass me while I'm just trying to go from point A to point B? Like, why are they, why are they doing that? That's that's dumb. Uh, anyway, mini rant. Like, what's the point of those freaking idiots? <laughs> I'm just flying past them and they're shooting me down constantly, and they're weak. So it's literally just a shock attack that overheats me. Um, Anyway, uh, okay, this is what happens. They watch these videos and they're like, oh, Lono said to pick a game that's relevant or to pick a game that is going to have people watching. Like, this is a good directory. This is what Lono says is a good directory. So they start trying to find a good directory. You've done this. Don't tell me you haven't because you're lying if you if you haven't done this, if you're a newer streamer. You have literally scrolled down in the directories and you've looked at viewership counts. You looked at people in the directory and you're like, could I, could I have some footing here? Could I have some growth here? You 100% have done that. Everybody has done that. I did that. There was a time where I was trying to diversify and I was looking for a game where I could potentially get channel growth, okay? I'd say the three factors of game selection are this, in order of importance. Number one, your enjoyment of the game, okay? Now, these are limiting concepts, okay? You have to limit, you have to limit, okay, you know, don't just pick something you enjoy. The limiting concept of relevancy has to come into play, okay? So, a game that you like that has relevancy, and then the third factor is your community's enjoyment of that game. It, does the people do the people that that come and hang out in your stream do they like the game that you're playing is, is it a, is it a thing that you feel like you can uh, you know he asked who made those idiots I'm sorry if you made them they're cool looking but they should their attacks are silly they're like aimbot shocking me out of the sky what's the point of having an enemy that strong they're just little they're just little like lizard rabbit looking things um so, and the reason you want to pick a video game to stream in this way is if you pick something arbitrary because you just focus on relevancy, number one, that could potentially rob the stream of potency because you're doing something in it from a mechanical standpoint instead of doing something from an organic standpoint because it's not based off of your enjoyment or the community's enjoyment. You're just like, hey, it's relevant. Let me play this relevant game. So, and the fact of the matter is new games, you're going to get absolutely crushed when the game first comes out. That's just the way that it goes. You will. And you, 
are on a marathon sprint to have any relevancy at all. I've been on the platform for four years, and pretty much any time a new game launches, you won't see me. I've come up with a format that allows me to kind of invest and have some relevancy and some solvency and staying power before the game launches but as soon as the game launches the big boys come out of the woodwork the guys that have been on the platform since justin tv dominate the platform with volumetric dominance you don't need to have talent or skill or entertainment value you know if your channel's enormous you can just play the game and barely address chat and you'll have tons of viewers now they've earned those viewers, they've earned their channel size, but that's the way directories go. You pour your heart and soul into your content, and there are people at the top that can just dial it in because their channel is massive and everything's based off of viewership, not off of talent and entertainment. Dark Lotus, do you believe there will be any kind of a raid? They said there'll be raid raid level difficulty content, yes, but not raids per se. Um, uh, Clotho B. Buer right now stronghold situation uh, is about people are just running through the first two chests and skipping the boss due to time investments how should Bioware resolve this uh, it's so full strongholds will be more rewarding number one the boss needs to be a loot explosion I don't even care if it's if it's a bunch of stuff that you're going to end up dismantling. Like, I don't even care. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. The The boss should be a loot explosion. 100% needs to be a loot explosion. And if he's not, you're not, you're not tickling that fancy of the player. I need to feel that sense of satisfaction after I beat the boss. Okay? Now, they're patching it, and he's supposed to drop loot. He needs to drop a crap ton of loot, okay? And the early chests should drop a noticeably smaller amount of loot. You should feel like a, oh, dude, I, I'm not getting that much loot. Oh, I heard the boss drops way more loot. Okay, well, let's go, let's go, let's go. For the first time in my life, let me actually go kill the boss instead of grabbing two chests and dipping. Okay, and they go kill the boss. There should be a sense of, oh my gosh, we this is worth it. Let's do that again, instead of, eh, he dropped. A blue and a purple and a masterwork. I had three masterworks already from the chest farm. Like, why am I going to kill the boss, right? Because if you think about it, masterworks dropping and having different inscriptions is really the true grind of an endgame player. That's like, that's basically what you're doing. You're... That, that you're you're hunting for really good roles. You're not necessarily... Um, you're not necessarily looking for oh I've got the masterwork I'm done you're looking for a masterwork with a particular inscription or a better inscription than what you have so I'm okay with endgame being more rewarding Um, you know if you're guaranteed one masterwork from the boss again I, I just I think the boss needs to be he it should literally feel like when you kill Cromorax in Borderlands 1 it's like, oh, look at all the loot. Like, trigger trigger that in my brain. Trigger that thing in my brain because I need to know that this is worth my time. I need to know that you're not just, I'm not just, oh, well, you know, I got a, I got a masterwork. I could have just grabbed two chests and left. That's, you just, I don't know. You never want the player to feel that way where they feel like their time has been wasted. 
I think that's the generic problem with the strongholds right now is people are taking the time divided by loot and simply saying boss is a waste of time there's far better there's far better ways to loot than killing him so JD gamer do you believe uh, do you believe being a third person shooter is the reason certain people are not liking the game and would rather see a first person shooter like destiny 2 I mean, I think sometimes people don't know what's at the root of their frustration. Maybe they just lack self-awareness. Maybe they haven't really formulated their position all that well. So in their mind, you know, in their mind, the game sucks and they don't really know that their, their own expectations are the primary cause. So they, you know, they, they really wanted PVP. Well, I mean, that's kind of silly. Like, that doesn't mean the game is bad because it doesn't have PVP. Your expectations aren't in line with the game that they set out to create. So I think sometimes people aren't aware of their expectations being the main cause of why they don't like a game. I don't think there are, there are a bunch of people that haven't really, you know, put their finger on why they don't like the game. And the real cause is that they... That they, um... They uh, they they want it to be a first-person game. I don't think that's the case at all. Now there could be people that play it for a little bit and they're like, eh, it's not very immersive. Eh, it doesn't feel like Destiny, and they kind of set the game down. I there are probably people like that. I don't think that's the majority. I think the majority of the people that are not enjoying the game are either they were dead set on not liking it because they started a negative narrative about the content you know months ago or not months ago weeks ago and you know that's a possibility the other possibility is the feeling of missing out made them grumpy they don't like the fact that uh they don't like the fact that there was this huge differences and disparities in the launch date that bothers them um there's, I think there's a lot of things that go into effect. People just naturally like to hate on stuff. You know, they they hate on the game because it is EA. They hate on the game because people are enjoying it. That's like a thing. Um, I don't think it's being driven by the fact that it's a third person game, though. I think that's a, that's a, that's a weird stab in the dark. To to be to be honest. Um, have you learned what the luck stat does? I saw a Reddit post yesterday that seemed to suggest that luck only increased drops up to purple quality and had no effect on masterworks. Do you know if this is accurate? My experience is anecdotal, but I had luck on pretty much every one of my components and I noticed a enormous uh, change in my drop rate. I did. I noticed a huge change in my drop rate with respect to masterworks. It was noticeably higher than the people I was playing with. It was noticeably higher yesterday than it is today. I'm on my ranger, and he doesn't have any of those uh, those lucks. So I think luck is affecting, as they said on Twitter, Reddit can theorize all they want. They said that it is increasing the rarity of the drops, the chances of higher rarity things dropping. So, um, And again, I just periodically take in the world and am very impressed with how good it looks. Um, I feel like they did such a good job with this, the aesthetic of the world and the size and the scope. It just, it feels huge, even though I can, you know, fly anywhere I want. Four King Ruler. I like this game, but I still think it should have cooked six months or a year, uh, 
is what's your two cents we talked about this yesterday i do think that the launch date is some of the culprit here i don't think six months or a year would have worked and we talked about this yesterday i think there's a natural cycle of interest that you start and initiate when you start marketing a game when they marketed it and my concern would be folks would lose interest and profitability has to come into play you can't literally sit on a game forever. Eventually, you got to shove it out and start generating money because you have tons of people working on it and staff and mocap and, you know, movie actors and voice actors and screenwriters and scriptwriters. And you got a lot of things that go into the game and production cost doesn't just start getting cheaper because you're in the fifth year of development. Um, it's costing, you know, the, the, the production cost and development time has to be kept in balance. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they have to they have to kind of play to that fiddle. I mean, that's just the nature of development. Is there are times where games come out and they're not ready. This I I compared it to Destiny Two, right? Destiny Two and Destiny One Vanilla and Division One Vanilla were in bad bad shape, and I think this game is in far better shape than those games ever were at launch. Uh, and that's just because I think they they had a better grasp on what they wanted to build. I think the lack of PvP helped too. Like, they have to do this Dark Zone thing and PvP thing in Destiny and Division. I think it just distracts from game production. Uh, you know, Com- combining PvE and PvP... Uh, you know, is one of those is one of those games woes, and this game I think is in far better shape because it doesn't have to worry about that. Um, it's just a that's just a benefit to having a more streamlined identity. Um, so I think that's 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 a benefit that's just going to keep paying dividends because they don't have to worry about um, they don't have to worry about balancing PvP. They don't have to worry about keeping the PvPers happy. Um, there's a lot of benefits that comes from that. And again, the I think the game itself is in far better shape than Vanilla Destiny 1, 2, and Division Vanilla. And I know, I know a lot of people will be like, well, Lono, that's not saying much. Well, it kind of is. Because again, games like this take a lot of development time, but eventually they have to crank the game out and start generating revenue. That's just a, ma- that's just a fact of the matter, you know. That again is just kind of the, that's the, that's the dilemma for gamers. Alright, we're not on the fifth line yet. Let's finish the fifth line and then we'll go back. That's a dilemma for gamers is we want games to be amazing but then we don't want them to take forever to build and then when they come out and they're not ready, we get really mad. Like, there's just this there's just this really unhealthy, you know, lapse of dialogue uh, with respect to gaming development where we're creating, we're creating some of the the detriments that we end up hating because we cannot stand the idea of a game taking you know longer some of this comes down to marketing cycles it just you you have to i think look at okay when are we going to market the game when are we going to push it out and they do and then it has to come out within a certain window of time frame of when they initiate the marketing because that dialogue loses its punch interest goes down people start to expect the game to be perfect because it's been in development for an eternity games can cook too long they come out they feel dated they feel clunky because technology advances beneath the feet of the climbing game 
Uh, and so yeah, that's why Apex Legends came out. You know, they said internally they're they were concerned about things starting to look better uh, and their engine and game looking dated. You know, old and grimy. Hey, Lono, how would you choose the best javelin to start with since you have now played the game for a bit? Uh, Ranger or Colossus or Storm? I think I would avoid the interceptor initially unless you're unless you're really confident you're gonna like interceptor uh i would i would be cautious about picking interceptor because it's it's a high skill it's a high skill ceiling class um you know i i think you got to be careful whenever you pick pick that class you got to really know you're going to enjoy it because it's it's it isn't it isn't going to be fun out of the gate for you um it's 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 a tougher one. Now, the skill ceiling and the reward is there. I mean, it's it's potentially one of the stronger classes in the game. Holomania. Do you think they should fix the loot drop rate from free roaming to be better in the drop rate in the contracts? Yeah, we've already talked about this question. I think the loot the loot drop rate should tier according to the activity to drive people to be killing stronghold bosses if they want the best loot paths. Spaceboat 4000. Since the actual release of the game is Friday, do you think it's too early uh, for all the negativity regarding the game? I feel like the premium access might uh, be a way to iron out wrinkles before the plans of the gameplay. Well, that's why a lot of these videos that are negative and stuff just, I to a certain extent, they're, I don't know, I find it to be somewhat amusing that people are playing the game a week early, getting a- you know access to it, and they're almost leveraging that relevancy to dog the game you know they're they're dogging the very game that is helping their channel and i think again it's because you can move quickly from that to the next thing and 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 it, that just is that that's the cycle of manufactured outrage is you are just you are just dip into the next thing so i mean the full game isn't even out yet we know this and yet and yet here we sit with a bunch of negative reviews based on a small sampling or an early sampling of the game and a sampling that is, you know, incomplete. Now, here's the thing. If somebody... Think about all the qualifiers you have to put in place. If a lot of their criticisms are bugs that are going to get fixed in the day one patch, then their review sucks. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) If your review focuses on a bunch of stuff that's getting addressed in the day one patch... Then your review sucks. It's not. It's not. It's not the full game. It's not the. It's not the launch version of the game. It's early access that is then you know going to be fixed. Secondly, if your review is primarily focusing on oh there's not enough end game and you spend a significant amount of time cheesing your way past the natural pathways of the game and getting into content you had no business getting into, well then your review sucks. Like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like so much of the negative reviews are focusing on things that make their conclusions incredibly suspect and shaky because it's, I don't know, it just seems odd to me to to draw these conclusions and to think these things when the game could answer a lot of your frustrations day one with a patch. And also, uh, you gotta consider the fact that people saying there's not enough end game and there wasn't enough things to do a lot of those people didn't play the game for very long 
they you know they were quickly quickly just blasting through and look i get it you got to have the content you want to do the stuff that's relevant you want to be you want to be ahead of the curve you want to be the first guy on youtube with the weapon and to make a video and blah 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 i totally get that but that makes your conclusions like i don't know really really suspect the day one patch is a bit disingenuous it's not disingenuous it isn't. The launch date of the 22nd has been in place for months. It's a day it's day 1. EA early access is an established standard for all their titles. Day 1 patch is not disingenuous. It is 100% accurate. <laughs> like it we are we, we paid for early access. We're not playing the fully launched game. We're not playing the the, the game with the day 1 patch. Um my wife says you have a big package. Yeah, it's probably from um, Elgato. And then she put Lono Lude. Hilarious. My package was delivered from Amazon and Corsair. Uh, so yeah, it seems like I got my my green screen from Elgato. Uh, Mentat Canis says, Any advice for when to switch from hard mode to Grandmaster 1? Currently level 29 with all epics. Um... I would try to if you grind hard for a little bit and then you get some of the um, you get some you know masterwork weapons that's gonna raise your gear score quite quite you know quite a bit and I think that's gonna be a benefit to you. Um, I think that I think part of the problem with a game like this is is people want to jump right to the end and you're gonna get your head taken off. Now we've already discussed that hard to grandmaster is a pretty a pretty a pretty stout jump. So if you do it, make sure and make some consumables. Uh, make sure it makes some consumables. I know I don't have no idea what I ran into there. I got very hurt. I don't know what that was. Uh, Pepper Onion Soup says, "Do you think Grandmaster Two and Three make the style of gameplay from what it is currently to a cover shooter as most stuff one shots you?" Well, yeah, because you're not supposed to be in there yet. You know, you're not supposed to be in there yet. You got to spec out and and really, really be a whole lot stronger. Now, they may need to look at it. I don't know. How much stronger can we actually be? I mean, I I, I guess I could get all Grandmaster mod components, and if I get all Grandmaster mod components, that could that could lead my, my Colossus to being significantly stronger. I mean, significantly stronger. We just have to see to what degree, uh, you know, to what degree are we are we in there too early and then make conclusions from there. If the game's not even been out that long yet, like people are gonna have to come up with builds, strategy, complementary, you know, attack patterns and things like that. When we were in the when we were in the fight Heart of Rage at Grandmaster One, I said I felt like the boss was disproportionately strong compared to everything up to that point. It was challenging, it was fun, it was intense. We did go down um, a couple of times. But um I do think that the, the they might want to look at that, right? They might want to look at that. We we didn't we didn't really struggle. I mean, we struggled. It was hard. It was intense leading up to him, and then he took an hour and a half, you know, compared to the rest of the the stronghold. Well, that seems like a problem to me, right? His health might need looked at. You know, how much damage he was taking from attacks might need looked at. We up to him, we were not having that significant of a problem, and then all of a sudden he shows up, and I'm like, wait, what? All of a sudden we're on Grandmaster like two or three is what it felt like. 
So I'm not saying that the jump to Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3 is perfect right now. There could be imbalances within the structure of the game. Um, we had two rangers and a storm. I love the ranger on the far left looking like uh, Leviathan armor. Looking like some Leviathan armor. And I unlocked Sentinel Loyalty 3, so I have the med bay. Um, that's cool. I think that also unlocks some blueprints. Let's look at what we got. Masterwork component. That's really exciting. That'll be a big jump for me. Pistol ammo and ammo drop rate. Those are crap inscriptions, but this increases elemental effects to, uh, elemental effects applied to enemies by 20% uh, on top of what I already got from it. I only got two masterworks this time, and I got a gun. I got the soothing touch. This thing's not that great, but it does have a 50% damage and ammo uh, multiplier on it, so... But that's a bummer. We didn't get it. We didn't get huge, huge drops, but that'll definitely help our health and armor with the one masterwork component. A people's champion. Is this game worth the buy, even with all the bugs and glitches? I'm tired of answering this question. Stop asking it. I mean, I, I feel like people are asking this question to everybody. I'm, I'm not trying to scold you, per, you, you directly, people's champion. You probably submitted this question before you heard me answer it like three or four times. So to everybody listening right now, don't submit this question anymore, okay? I don't tell you whether or not you should buy the game. I happen to think the core game is good, the primary cause for complaint from people right now is feeling like they're missing out, or the bugs and glitches, feeling like they're missing out is going to go away on Friday, and the, um, and the bugs and glitches are getting fixed very quickly, very specifically, and very directly. So that gives me confidence as a consumer. You have to make up your own mind. Wordy. Considering the launch state of D1, D2, and Division 1, personally, Anthem seems the best launch of the three. Do you think these launch issues are misunderstood quality assurance issues or simply part of the genre or problem of the industry as a whole? I think it's more related to the industry as a whole. I think it has way more to do with launch titles and development time being dissonant from one another. The amount of time it takes to build this game and get this game to where it needs to be when you put that up against the launch title, the, uh, the the launch dates and the and the revenue and the margins needed to be hit and all of that, I think there's some dissonance within the industry. I think people are like, let's market it, let's get people hyped. Okay, cool. How long is it gonna take to develop? This much time. Okay, well, we're gonna need to make this much revenue in order for that to be profitable, and then you put yourself in a bad situation, in my opinion. I think it has more to do. Uh, yeah, I'll get you back in here, Dash. It has more to do with the industry, I think, uh, than anything. So these are all adding 509. So we need to decide what we don't think is the best. We don't want to get rid of luck. Um, I, this one right here is an easy decision. We'll get rid of that one. That's an easy one to drop. And now instead of adding 500 to our armor and shield, we're adding 2,000. So the this is when you really start to jump up this is when you really really start to jump up so keep that in mind um when you are uh when you're trying to build for endgame is the components when you get those masterwork tend to be very uh very very influential over your survivability um red plague how long is the campaign seems really short did the early access not provide the full campaign um, people saying the campaign is short, they, I'm not being dismissive or mean. You, it makes me laugh that people say the campaign is short. I played quickly, bypassed side story, bypassed narrative elements, and I, it took me 15 hours. 
I streamlined the campaign and it took me 15 hours. If you do the narrative elements when you get back to the tower, the, the back to the forge, and you do the side missions, because I thought the Matthias mission was really interesting and too substantive, and I wanted a way to do it, okay? There are people that are getting into the 20s, 20 plus hour campaign runs because they're playing it like it's an actual narrative driven campaign, because it is. And so when people tell me that the campaign is short, it literally, I'm not kidding you, it's amusing to me. It's literally the, the, the most ridiculous thing to try to claim I've ever, I've ever heard of. If you buy Tomb Raider or Uncharted or Spider-Man, most of these games, most of these games, you're going to get a 20-hour campaign out of them. Now, don't tell me about Assassin's Creed Odyssey because they dial in a lot of copy pasta. You go to a new town and it's all the same missions. And that's a, that's a sort of a, 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 I don't think those are bad games. I think it's a cheap way to, to kind of bloat your, the life of the game, right? So when I look at games like Tomb Raider, other games like Spider-Man, God of War, etc., you're going to get 20 to 30 hours out of those games. You know, 20, 30 hours. The fact that you can get 20 hours or more out of this game's campaign and it's a loot-based hobby-style game. It's not an action-adventure game. It's not... Like, when you're done with the 20 to 30 hour campaign in God of War or Spider-Man, you're done. You're done with the game. You put the game down. That's it. When you're done with the 20 plus hour campaign in, in Anthem, you're just getting started. So, anybody, I don't care who it is or how respectable they are, if they try to claim the campaign is short, I find that laughable. Like, laughable. All right, ready up, Milo, if you can, please. Edit X says, Hey, Lono, how do you like the Ranger Javelin? More importantly, how do you like or not like it compared to Colossus? It's very different from Colossus, right? Um, uh, no worries, homeboy science. I'm sorry I didn't get to your question faster, man. Question and answer is getting really, really full lately. I don't know if we're going to make it sub only. I don't want to do that, but I feel like it's just getting overrun. Um, and I hate that people don't get their questions answered. And I don't want people feeling like they can't contribute if they're not a sub. I don't like doing anything sub only. I never have liked doing that. But it is getting very bloated. So I apologize if I don't get to your questions faster. Um, uh, I like Ranger because of his agility and his spice and how often he uses his ult. He's like, he's like, I don't know what to describe him. I mean, I love the Colossus, but the Ranger is already growing on me. Like, once you kind of get into the rhythm of, like, dodge, dodge, prime, dodge, dodge, prime, dead. Oh, I got my ult again. Use your ult. I think people will really start to enjoy the Ranger if if they use their ult a whole lot more. I think that's when he really starts to shine. I think he starts to shine when you use your ult more often. Um, I saw that you went to the appointment anyway. Okay, sorry, I'm talking to my wife. She wasn't feeling well last night, and uh, she's better, just very tired. Okay, that's fine. You must be feeling a little bit better. Oh, if you're having Coke. Okay, did it? Okay. You look better. She, my wife, sorry, if you're listening on the podcast versions, a little bit of an interruption there. My wife's bringing me my lunch. She uh, she somehow dodged a stomach bug for like a week and a half that all of us got. We thought she dodged a bullet and she got it last night. I've never seen somebody not get a stomach bug that long. It was very odd. Uh, it was very strange. Um, 
yeah so uh, yeah i love the ranger love how different he is than the colossus edit with another one after watching your stream for the last several days it seems that your play combat style would be better suited for the interceptor javelin have you considered giving the interceptor a significant try i don't like the interceptor i played as the interceptor I really enjoy your content. Keep up the great work. Salute. Thank you. Yeah, I don't like the Interceptor. I know I'm aggressive. I know I'm aggressive, but I'm not a melee character. I, like, I do a lot when I'm playing with the Colossus. I was shocking people, slamming the ground, like, you know, backing up, doing big explosions, doing my ult, using my rocket to keep me healthy. I don't know. I'm not saying I can't grow to like the Interceptor. I've just never liked melee-driven classes. Well, you're playing as the Ranger and he primes with melee, Lono. That's true. Got shot out of the sky by a dragon. Um, and that's true, but he doesn't feel like a melee character. Melee's part of his toolbox. I feel like when I play with the interceptor i am playing a melee driven class not a class that has fun melee does that make sense i just see like a big difference between those two things so um hawk 420 says do you think some of the bad perception of anthem is attributable to apex legends uh in the sense that it's a great game that will take a lot of playtime uh, from other games and the apparent issue of free launch it's had. In other words, how different is our conversation about Anthem if Apex never came out? I mean, homie, the dialogue was set well before Apex launched. So, if anything, do you know what I love not having to hear every day and I attribute this to Apex Legends? What? No PvP, game's gonna die. You know why? Because all those people are watching Apex Legends and good freaking riddance. Like, I don't... Who wants people to hang out every day to be down that... No PvP. Like, okay, we've established that there's no PvP. You know, like, I don't know. I think Apex Legends is, is, if anything, helping the community stop having to hear requests for PvP. Um, So... I think it's a good thing. And again, people in chat are seconding me and agreeing with me that the hate for Anthem was well in place before anything. Before Nobody even knew what Apex Legends was and there was hate. Uh, pretty consistent hate for Anthem. Next question. How do you balance fair and honest reviews with your contractual relationship with EA? You have to understand something. EA has not said anything to anybody about what we can or cannot say. Right? Now, if I made a video and I said, the game is garbage, it's trash, don't buy it. Like, if that was a video that I made, okay, then EA would probably come to me and say, hey, this opportunity affords you early access and the the lack of constructive criticism and feedback and just sort of the unbridled hate we don't feel is a good fit for you to be an EA game changer. And I think they would be legitimate in saying that. I think, like, that's fair, right? Like, I'm an EA game changer. I get to go to events. I get stuff early. I got, like, a founder's pack for Apex Legends and things like that. You know, I get I get perks. I don't think they're going to go to anybody that's offered constructive criticism and smack us on the wrist. Do you want to know why I don't think they're going to do that? I've offered constructive criticism and feedback on Twitter, and I've gotten interaction from Bioware. So, I want you to really analyze that situation. When I went to the capture event, you know what they never once said? Don't say this, don't say this, make sure and say this, don't be too negative guys, you know, you're EA Game Changers. You know what they did instead? 
They sat down with a laptop and said, what's your feedback? And they typed pretty much everything that we said. The good, the bad, the problems, the things that don't feel quite right. I, You know what I mean? I, I, I don't understand where, like, oh, you have contractual obligations to EA. Sure. That means I'm not allowed to like, dog them as a company and dog their games like a mindless idiot I'm allowed to say critical things I've been saying critical things non-stop and you know what has happened I've gotten interaction from Bioware um, I've gotten assurances about changes and things that are going to be made oh I don't know oh what else has happened oh yeah that's right a lot of the things we pointed out as complaints and been critical in the first week are getting updated in the patch or already were updated the tomb mission criticism is a feather in the cap of any game changer that said this is bad and needs fixed. I I got told I was making a mountain out of a molehill. I got told I was exaggerating and being too critical when I said that the tomb mission posed a significant threat to the accessibility and the fun of the campaign. Do you know what Bioware's response was? It wasn't, hey now, you're an EA game changer. You better not say that. Do you know what they said? Yeah, we better change the tomb mission. I don't know, like, I, <laughs> I don't know how you can look at the scenario that's been going on and conclude that you're somehow getting sullied information and feedback from an EA game changer when folks like Datto, myself, and Mtash have consistently voiced the good and the bad and provided that feedback to Bioware and we're seeing the game potentially bettered for it, right? Now, I'm not saying Bioware is sitting in my stream every day taking notes, but they're certainly listening to the narrative that we're driving. Um... I don't know. I just, <laughs> I've not seen a single game changer make a video that seems, that seems, uh, that seems disconnected, that seems like a shill, that seems like they're, they're sort of being a sellout. All I've, all I've seen from game changers has been accurate and, and nuanced feedback. So, uh, Ella Rank. Do you think inscriptions need to be less random? For example, you can have a harvest moment versus a 200% weapon damage on a gun. No, absolutely not. And I will tell you why this is good. And and I hope I can win you over to my side. The bad inscriptions make the good inscriptions better. And let me explain what I mean. If all inscriptions could be basically pretty good, and then there were some that were obviously significantly better, okay then the range of difference between a good and a god like roll on an inscription would be incredibly marginal and small and you would basically say yeah this is fine this is fine i don't i don't need anything this one's good there's not much difference between this and and, and this other one right think about that for a minute like that genuinely is a problem with loot if you have marginal differences between the loot then all the loot's basically satisfactory and there's no such thing as a a trash roll creates a good spectrum for god roll it's like yes this is the this is a really really good roll i can put away my trash roll it's like getting hip fire on a scout in destiny right it's like getting hip fire on a scout in destiny there's this sense of ugh, it kind of sullies it Think about it like this. People are like, oh, we're getting Masterworks too fast. We're getting Masterworks too fast. Yeah, but you're getting Masterworks that are bad. You're getting Masterworks that have roles on them that aren't good, which drives the loot pursuit, which extends the, the game. And it's not arbitrary at all. I think random roles is is a good way to extend loot pursuit, right? I think I just got a legendary. Yep. 
Red herring mechanics is, ga- is lazy design. I rarely have ever called death lazy, but yeah. No, I completely disagree with you. The spectrum of role on a weapon is a value point in the loot pursuit and motivation of the player. If you basically say, here's the best, like, here's the highest amount of damage buff you can get from this perk, right? That can roll, okay? All these trash ones down here, get rid of them. And you go like this. And you narrow the gap between the best and the good. It's boring. It doesn't, it's not interesting. It's like, Oh, you got a god roll? Yeah, I got a good roll. Your loot's not much better than mine. Motivation gets shot right in the foot. Why am I going to go for the god roll? It's it's, it's barely better than the roll I got now. Creating that spectrum of potential good to bad roll creates good healthy loot incentive so your friends like yeah i got that too but check out the roll that i got i got a 200 percent damage buff and you got your chintzy little ammo buff right i'm telling you it's not lazy it's intelligent it's a good good thing rng rolls save loot games i'm it's it's a quality point stop looking at the universe upside down it's a quality point anthauser kush How do you feel about chess farming? It's dumb. You're not playing the game. I made a parody video about how you're literally not playing the video game. Why spend $60 and not play? I don't understand. I just don't get it. I'm going to pay $60 and there's missions. There's Look at this area that I'm flying through. Like There's all these places you can go that look cool, that feel cool. The fights are amazing. They're satisfying. There's bosses. There's loot drops. And what are you going to do? You're going to not play the game. You're going to run a freaking mechanical zeros and ones like loot box casino game. Like, Why are you even buying the game then? Let somebody else play for you at that point. Yeah, man. Yeah, go shoot all the things for me. Yeah, sweet, dude. All that loot looks awesome. You're not even touching the controller. What's the freaking difference if you're pushing the button on the chest or they are? You're not playing the game. (laughs) You're robbing yourself of an experience. Do you remember? Do you remember in... uh, Arrested Development, when they took a dollar out of the drawer, out of the cashier, out of the cash, the cash register, and they threw a banana away, and the guy was like, I don't think that math checks out. And they're like, no, 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 we know what we're doing. It was a double whammy, right? They were stealing a banana, and they were throwing money away. <laughs> they were double, they were hurting themselves twice. You're literally spending $60, and then by your own choice, you're you're lowering the value and the and the value transmission in the transaction. It would be like somebody saying, "Yo, we've got this really really fancy steak dinner that we made for you. It's eighty dollars." You're like, "Sweet, give me that, okay?" And they're like, "Oh, by the way, we have this new technology that can shrink the meal down, and you can literally put it in your mouth and just one bite swallow it." Why would you do that? You're spending $80 for a delicious meal that that you are then not eating. You're using a shortcut to completely invalidate and devalue the purchase. What the heck? Like, that's what people are doing. Like, I don't know. I made another analogy where 
I if I'm doing a reverse sear steak for you and I've got it in the oven and I'm cooking the steak first and then I'm going to sear it reverse sear is a method that I learned from Alton Brown for ribeyes and it's freaking magnificent and if you were like no 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 I gave this analogy yesterday no Lono turn the oven up throw it in the skillet now and just burn the sucker because I'm hungry right you ruin the steak because you're impatient you see like you're 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 ruining how good it could taste how awesome it'll be if you just let things happen naturally and healthily like that's how these games are designed you should feel that sense of got something good it's not that great i'm gonna keep going you should feel that sense of that instead of like coming back to the tower with 18 masterworks because you cheesed a chest farm or something t warren thanks for 20 months uh jim lay I've watched someone do five contracts on Grandmaster 3 without getting a single masterwork. I've also done Scar Temple 15 times each on normal hard Grandmaster 1 for testing and noticed a significant increase in masterwork drops on hard compared to Grandmaster 1, which was about the same drop rates as normal. I believe the increase in drop chance on hard is working correctly. Grandmaster 1 and 3 are bugged effectively. Yeah, I don't think they're working right either. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think I ran a bunch of Grandmaster 1 contracts and strongholds and feel the exact same way. I'm not saying I should come away with every gun in the game, every masterwork in the game, but I should definitely feel a sense of that was well worth my time. You know, that that was something that was worth it. And I think right now, it doesn't feel that way because it there's something wrong either like you're saying with the drop rate i mean i was running hard public space stuff yesterday for not even 20 minutes and i got a masterwork now there's a limited there's only six masterwork weapons in hard and maybe that's contributing to it like as milo's pointing out that may be good to point out right there is there is a contributing factor maybe it's a smaller loot pool maybe that smaller loot pool is increasing drops um and that's that's contributing to it that could be something that they maybe want to look at like well sure you're getting more masterworks and hard it's a much smaller loot pool so it kind of doesn't matter i don't know CY Monkey, with some of the changes you're suggesting and asking for, at what point do you draw the line between combat skill and simplicity? Well, here's the thing. If you feed my ability to excel in skill by letting me do things faster, then I can play more aggressive, I can go into more challenging areas, and I can do things that are more showy and more flourishy. If you hamstring me and you make it to where I'm constantly getting stunned, stuttered, and in areas where it's not even about skill, right? When you get stunned, no amount of skill changes the fact that you get stun locked and lose all your health. Imagine watching Shroud play Apex Legends. He's a god. Like, what he does doesn't even make any sense. I saw a, a, a thing trend on Reddit where it was like, you know, Shroud doesn't even give a, give a bleep. And he just, uh, I mean, it was unbelievable what he did. He just grappling hooked into a room and handled like five people in a row. It was unbelievable, okay? Clearly a god among men in those types of games. Now, if I had a button where I could press the button and periodically stun his character and stun lock his character and it was something that he could not prevent from happening. He just gets stunned and stunned again and stunned again, okay? You wouldn't be like, what's happening, Shroud? I thought you were really good at the game. Why can't you override that? 
he can't override it because by definition that's what it is it's it's unavoidable it's not something that can be overridden and that's the problem so for example when i slam my sword and i can't jump until just then but i can slam my sword and i can dodge you're just limiting my skill set needlessly and you're not you're not making the game easier by letting me jump out of a slam you're just stunning me unnecessarily Allowing the Colossus to get his shield out quicker after using an ability or a weapon, that change that I applaud them making because that was really early feedback I provided over the weekend, that's a great change because the Colossus can play more aggressive and make decisions that are now informed and backed and bolstered by a really, really great skill set. Dr. Get Good. Do you think Anthem could pull a mechanic from Destiny if you go up X amount of runs without getting a masterwork guaranteed set amount of runs? They could maybe try that. Again, they could also try something like that with public space, like free play. It, every time you get a masterwork in free play, it should it should it should drop the drop rate back down. So like every time I do a public space mission and I don't get a masterwork, okay? my drop rate should get a little bit of a bump so eventually you know after maybe like I don't know what five or six pubs I get a masterwork and then it goes back down now that doesn't mean I can't get two masterworks in a row it doesn't mean I can't get another masterwork right away after that but it keeps things in rhythm it makes sure you're getting them but it makes sure you're getting them in a healthy rhythm instead of like sometimes it's feast or famine it's like I'll 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 uh I'll get a, a ridiculous amount of masterworks in, 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 in quick succession. And the, these, these animals can literally die in a fire. They are freaking terrible. They do not miss and overheat you and then re- like drop you to the ground and make me feel like an absolute chump. They're like the weakest enemies in the game. They're grabbits with guns. Get the frick out of here, man. <laughs> uh... So yeah, I think that could help keep the drop rate healthy. And then what you could say is when you go into a stronghold, the masterwork drop rate increases at every chest. So by the time you get to the boss, there's a high likelihood that you might get two or three to drop out of him. And that's okay because masterworks are are, are essentially, I'm coming back Dash, masterworks are essentially like legendaries from Destiny. You're farming for a great role. And guess what? Eventually, that great role on that masterwork is going to get replaced with a legendary. So it's okay to be generous with masterworks in the pieces of content where it makes the most sense. Uh, luck on items are like a magic find. Pretty much, it increases the drop rate, yeah. Homeboy science. Sorry if I asked an answer, but I feel like the enemy's accuracy is a bit high and feels like they also track. Do you think this needs lowered slightly? It depends on the enemy. Uh, they don't seem to be coming back, so I'm popping it. Uh, it depends on the enemy. There are times where I feel like I get absolutely owned in cheap ways. I feel like the Titan fights need looked at. The area of effect... Um, and the, there's like a proximity thing on some of his attacks that they just detonate and get you, even though they seem to be pretty far away. Uh, I don't know that need, that needs looked at. I'm not saying the fights are bad. I just, the fight, the fun factor of Titan fights just isn't there for me to right now. I feel like I get kind of smacked around like a, like a test, like a crash test dummy. Um, and I don't know. It's a bummer. Uh, Dark Paladins. Uh, As a fix to the drop problem, rather than increasing and decreasing RNG percentages, what if it just more items dropped 
from the different content. Two to three from chest free play, five to seven from contracts, eight to ten from strongholds. Could this be a good fix? Um, I'm thinking and I'm processing what you're saying and I'm analyzing it and I think it could be a good solution because that would be both a visual uh, thing to be celebrated and a mathematical natural increase in chances of good drops right it would naturally lead to you getting more stuff because you know more stuff's dropping get freaking wrecked bro got here and immediately got that chest pop open and put my ult in there that was pretty awesome um so yeah I, I, I like this solution that dark I might start using this dark paladins because if we think about it think about it if let's just say the boss drops 10 things every time right every time he drops 10 things then the drop rate of masterworks doesn't need to be fiddled with and tweaked with but the odds of you getting masterworks has been increased and even if you don't get masterworks it's visually appealing it's like yo look at all the stuff he dropped and as long as there's like one masterwork in the bunch you know or one mass two masterworks in a legendary that's exactly how you want to be like oh yes and then what do you do you comb over the inscriptions not really got i think you didn't really get what i want this time all right let's try again let's run it again run it back I, I, I like your suggestion. I might, I'm, I think I'm going to steal that. That's going to become the one that I go to. And I will, uh, I'll try to be good to attribute that to you. We always do that with, uh, with quotes and things if I can remember. Secret Ghost. I just like the co- constant sunlock, but also avoid damage. Uh, but also avoiding damage and still getting hit. Like those fireballs, the titan. I dodge, I fly away, I still get hit or I die. Is that intended uh, or is it server delay? I think it's absurd. If I dodge, I shouldn't get hit anyway. Some of it could be client to server resolutions getting delayed and being slow. Some of it could be an aggressive tracking thing that they need to look at. So tracking... On, on things like that should probably just get completely disrupted and broken. Is like The tracking should break as soon as I dodge. Now, there has to be proximity. Because if the thing's super far away and hasn't come close to me yet, you can't like preemptively dodge and then it's no longer tracking you. Within a given circle of, like, of circumference of how close it is to you, if you dodge, the tracking should just break and it should just continue on that path. Once it gets so close to you, the path should just be set. And if you successfully dodge, it just zoop, it goes on right on past you. Salty Scrub Life, thank you so much for the brand new Prime Sub. I greatly appreciate you using your Prime Sub here. That would be my feedback. Now, that could be in place, and there could be latency that's making that not work. Numerous times in fights, I'm like, yo, I dodged that, and I got hit anyway. And that's irritating. That's going to be expensive extremely irritating if you get an endgame content and you're running Grandmaster 3 and every hit is a potential down you know and you're like well that that's not that's not working I, I'm getting hit you know and I'm dodging successfully there's nothing more satisfying than having somebody shoot at you and you dodge and it freaking misses that feels awesome I was playing the demo and flying at a sniper and he charged up his sniper shot and I did this little Iron Man sideways flip out of the way and the shot went right past me. I mean, it 
it wasn't even that spectacular and I felt awesome I was like that's dope that's exactly that's that player feedback you want to get like yeah man you ain't hitting me you want to feel like if properly played you want to feel almost like a greased pig like they just they're not going to get a shot on you uh, and I think that is uh, that's that's why they need to look at some of those attacks in their tracking just to make the player feel not like you're untouchable but if properly executed your dodge your dodge should be really keeping you from getting hit DJ May 88 does limiting the masterwork drop and legendary drops in hard hurt solo players well I mean this is I talked about this earlier so I don't, I don't want to keep answering questions multiple times but I did say earlier there is a tension between lowering the drop rate too much in areas like free play contracts and you know hard mode if you limit it too much you make the bottom half of the player base feel like the game isn't worth their time and a good balance and this is where the this is where the difficulty spectrum comes into play a good balance is where if you're playing and you're playing it hard or at least grandmaster one you're feeling a pretty good rhythm of i'm getting pretty dope stuff and the real value then for the people in the end game is an abundance of stuff so they can really hone their build. So if I'm running Grandmaster 2, I should really feel that sense of I'm getting a lot more a lot more drops and that's beneficial because now I can continue to really come over the inscriptions and really build the build that I want so that I can feel really strong and start chasing legendaries and go into Grandmaster 3. Um that I mean that would be my that would be my argument that would be kind of how I want to put it is that that's the value and if you if you shortchange the front end or the back end too much either either party can be frustrated for different reasons right now hardcore players are frustrated because there just doesn't seem to be any real motivation in increasing difficulty or going into uh, difficult activities there just doesn't seem to be a reason to at all um, you just you don't seem to get uh, any kind of a drop rate uh, a time a time investment reward you know I just invested an hour of my time in hard content and I feel like I'd have been better spent running free play for an hour no one should feel that way when they when they're working toward the end game you should feel the exact opposite no nah, dude I'm strong enough to run the hard content let's run the hard content that's 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 how you want players to feel um because that's that's a natural that's a natural incentive driver for the the push and the trajectory of the game. You push toward the end game and feel like there's a reason to be there, uh, instead of feeling like there. You know what's what's really the point in running this stuff? You never want people to feel like their actions are futile, and I think that's one of the dangers right now with the drop rates in the end game. Is you're just pushing people to do the lowest common denominator. Yuki's Revenge, your opinion on Anthem's greatest triumph and most egregious failure thus far prior to full release? The most egregious failure? There's no combo tutorial. I am going to continue to to, to to knock on their door and do, 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 do. Hey, hey guys, wh- why is there no tutorial on combos? Do, 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 do. It's a huge value point for your game. You guys in there? Why is there no tutorial on combos? Not everybody played Andromeda. I don't know if you guys know this or not. It wasn't a very well-received game. wasn't super popular. Yeah. Uh-huh. You there? <laughs> I'm going to keep banging on that drum. 
People that pick up the game should get a taste for combos instantly, man. Instantly. If you hit them with this, and then you hit them with this, kapink combo. Th that, that needs to be a thing. You learn combos yourself. The game never even explains what the circle for primer or the spark for detonator means. It doesn't even explain it. And, and there are things that are misleading. There's something that's called detonating something, and it's a primer. One of the classes has something called detonating strike, I think, and it's not a detonator. It's, it does, what are you guys doing? Like, listen, I, I'm getting bombastic and passionate for, for a reason. Combos are literally the key to this game being so much fun and not being some boots on the ground mech shooter where people are like, the guns aren't strong. Like, it's not meant to be played that way. And if you, once you get a taste for primers and detonators, man, the whole game changes a whole game changes and that is a huge huge mistake I, I still to this day cannot believe that that's not all you had to do is put it in the tutorial with the ranger it's all you had to do hey there's a big group of enemies that right there hit them with an inferno grenade and you throw it now they're on fire hit them with your hit them with your your missile kabink combo what the frick yeah, alright, Freelancer. Keep in mind, your heads-up display will always remind you when you land a combo. As long as you put a primer that has this symbol as a status effect, and then hit them with a detonator that has this symbol, you'll get combos, and this feeds your ultimate. And that allows you to be, you know, more efficient on the battlefield. Like, as they're bringing your heads-up display and your suit back online, couple of dialogue lines like that, and there, and there you go! You did it! You did it! It says there's a pub here. It's glitched, I think. Isn't there supposed to, there's supposed to be like a platform that we light up and it's not working? Vicious spell. Oh, what's their greatest triumph? I think their greatest triumph is having the four javelins feel so different and distinct. To answer the front half of the question, the biggest triumph and the biggest achievement they've made in this game is how distinct the javelins feel. I they they I'd love how different they feel. I think it's a huge huge win for value and replayability. Vicious spell. What did you think of the in-game tutorials? <laughs> Was there enough explanation behind them, or did it leave you asking more questions than it answered? Uh, Ibid, Your Honor. Ibid. Ibid, Your Honor. Ibid. Quoting Goodwill Hunting. Uh, th th what I just said. <laughs> what I just said. Um, <laughs> where's the tutorial on combos? Dirty frag smoke. Do you believe that grabbits should be protected, or should they be cleansed? Or the threat that they pose in the not-too-distant future. In the not-too-distant future. Makes me think of Mystery Science Theater. Sorry to, th sorry to sing. Um, ooh, it's an Ursix. I love these fights. Um, I think that Grabids pose a huge threat uh, both to our our livelihood as freelancers and, uh, and the peace in the galaxy. So kill them all. Um, wipe them off the face of the earth. And I hope that we summon a giant... If Listen... I'm just I'm just gonna tell you right now, okay? Listen to me, Bioware. Cataclysms create anomalous behavior in the universe, waterfalls flowing upside down. If there is not a giant grabid grabid world boss, okay? I I'll delete the game from my computer. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Grab it, 
giant world boss from a cataclysm. Do it, okay? All right? Do it. I swear to frick, I'm being some somewhat serious. All right, next question. Uh, Albiorix. How do you feel about the updated roadmap they laid out? What are you most excited for? I'm excited for rhythmic content because I love it. I think that this game and Division 2 and Destiny 2 can be a wonderful carousel for players that like these types of games. You hit the ceiling, you're getting a little bored and burned out, no worries, new season in this game over here. Uh, and just keep rotating through that carousel. I'm I'm very excited. I think we're about to enter a great, a great season, and that's why I love these roadmaps. The Vreek. In your first gameplay session, you uh, in our first free play session, I'm sorry, I found one masterwork from the world event chest and five masterworks from a legendary uh, and world chest. Doesn't feel like the game patch is working as intended. Given this, are you still concerned about people exploiting the end game? Yes, but again, my confidence is not in the short-sighted behavior of the players. My confidence is in Bioware responding quickly. They've clearly shown that they can make updates really, really fast. And I mean, uh, Mike uh, Mike Gamble even told me that, you know, that's the beauty of their system. They can make really, really fast changes. Uh, and so that's my confidence does never. Listen, I, I love I love gamers, but gamers are their own worst enemy. And I have zero confidence in gamers not finding shortcuts and secrets. I like I don't I, I they're always going to do that. But the fact that, like, within a day of the exploit happening, they made changes, that means if it continues to be a problem, then they'll continue to address it and tweak it as needed. Saving Annihilator, your boss fight last night was awesome to watch. Oh, thank you. However, how viable will the Interceptor be in those types of fights when they can't get close, uh, or getting close means death? Um... Yeah, I don't know. You gotta wait until we're supposed to be there. We weren't supposed to be there. Uh, And I also think that that fight mysteriously has a huge huge jump in difficulty and health and damage and all that uh, and has a very very mysterious and, and disproportionate jump we were managing pretty much everything up to that point and the boss felt very out of place so excuse me he may be doing way too much damage and have way too much health I don't know um, so yeah I mean I just got a masterwork uh, from that let me check on my track where we are on uh Okay, I got f- I got four bars here. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, Albiorix, twenty sixteen. So to answer your question, we need to play more before I conclude that an interceptor is not viable for those con- the, the content because Dash used his ult a lot on the guy and did a ton of damage, but it did leave him pretty uh, did leave him dam- damaged and down quite a bit because you're just they need to do something about that. Maybe extend the invulnerability for just a few seconds so you can get clear. You know, you're doing an ult. You should feel awesome after you do an ult. You shouldn't feel like, oh crap, it's time to panic. I just used my ult and there's something nearby and I have to sit here and stay in this in this animation for an eternity. That That's not how you should feel after doing an ultimate. Top tier. How would you feel about Outpost uh, in free play? Maybe a place to stop for a sec, check drops, change gear while still being in free play. I don't know. I, 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 I hear this and I like it, but I feel like this would become a virus in the game. Because then people would be like, well, why don't we get outposts and strongholds? And I don't like strongholds because you can't check and change your gear. And 
I, I don't want to mock the request, but I feel like it would become that. That that's what it would become. People would just say, "Well, I don't understand. They let us do it here. We can't do it there." Like I feel like it would spread, and people's expectations would shift. You know. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. If if you're always in the rhythm of get a bunch of loot and go back, okay? You get into this rhythm, then anything that's not in line with that rhythm will either become unappealing or too appealing. Does that make sense? The rhythm of the game is like a seesaw. You stack up with all a bunch of stuff and then you go back to the tower and you free it up. You know? You're kind of going like this. Seesaw, seesaw, and then all of a sudden, you're like, ooh, I can play free play and constantly change my loadout and dismantle stuff. I never need to go into a stronghold ever again or do a contract ever again. And it becomes too appealing. Or if it's that dissonant and that odd outside of the normal rhythm of the game, it doesn't become too appealing. It's like, this doesn't belong in the game. What the frick? Why are we allowed to do this? Right? I don't know. What's good, Jason? I think having that nice seesaw rhythm and that's the theme of the game and making that consistent, I think is a good thing. Pukey's Revenge. What do you think sets Anthem apart from any other game right now? The combat. Hands down. People saying the combat samey. I don't know what the frick game they're playing. Fighting an Ursix, a Titan, or um, what are those guys called that, that rush you? I always forget their name. They're, they got the arms. The, uh, those guys fighting a bunch of the, the enforcers with the shields. Fighting those guys that fly around the storms. Uh, the guys with the mines. Uh, there, there's all kind of different ways of them applying pain to you. Uh, Furies, thank you. I always forget the Furies. Um, they all fight very differently. I mean, we were in that stronghold, and those Furies were putting up their shields, and they were shooting that red crap, and it was frustrating and intense, and holy frick, and then there were turrets, and that was different, we had to play, go over here, do this first, then there were, then, then there's Ursixes, then there's the, oh yeah, what are those guys that look like, um, they look like Minotaurs from Destiny, what are those guys' names? They have like, they look like big armored robots, but they don't have the shields, they have like the round head i forget i don't know their name either they're really tough too yeah the storm brutes i'm telling you people that say oh the combat feels samey no you're playing samey the combat's fine you want to know why the combat feels samey because you're probably cheesing the storm ult and sitting in the sky not engaging with anything because you're cheesing the content (laughs) like right how many people have actually engaged in the variety of content there were times i was like yes my build's perfect for this encounter yes this is great nope this is not good for this encounter i am not built for this i'm very frustrated i need to change my build if i'm gonna run this mission you know so i don't know i feel like the combat's varied enough the the the, the enemies are are, are 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 vibrant enough that the combat is what sets this game apart i'm flying around as iron man i'm slamming the ground i'm dodging away i'm shooting a missile i'm getting a combo i'm hovering in the air and launching a missile barrage like the combat in this game i can't go right now okay this is not fanboyism this is this is calm and measured statement there is not a game right now in existence that I can go play and do what I get to do in Anthem there isn't there isn't the third person abilities driven mech driven like combat I can't play this kind of combat anywhere I can't now if you find it boring fine that's okay that's your opinion you're allowed to be bored by stuff I was bored by Monhun's content loop and I stopped playing it does that mean Monhun's content loop is bad no it's just I didn't like it 
I think that's what happens a lot of the time. Truth be told. Truth be told, I think people play this game like boots on the ground shooter, and they have no idea what they're doing, and they get frustrated by that, and I do fault Bioware, again, for the lack of a tutorial on combos, because you're you're leaving some people, I think, unnecessarily in the dark about how to have fun in the game, because they're running around shooting their guns. Um, but I genuinely think the combat is what sets this uh, style, this game apart. It's, I don't know. And again, as I said a little bit ago, the javelins are so unique and different. They're so unique and different that I was a garbage can with one of my favorite javelins because I've been playing as the Colossus for 40 hours and I got the Ranger and I played like an idiot and I kept dying. And now I'm this slice and dice combo making ninja and I freaking love it. You see what I'm saying? They're so distinct, you almost have to get good with them or adjust to them when you play. It's like kind of going from from Fortnite to Apex Legends. It's like you kind of have to adjust. You're like, oh, frick, I got to use angles and I can't build. And, you know, the guns handle different and the layout of the map and this and that and blah, blah. Two chests? Okay. Um, you know, that it's kind of like that when you go from one javelin to the next. And I think that's a huge value point for the game. Okay, I'm into my fifth line, so let's let's go back. Let's go back, boys. That's a good that's a good place to go back and check the loot. Uh, DJ May eighty eight says, "Do you think switching the Ranger Sword to Detonator improves your double Detonator build? Melee enemies in Grandmaster is horrible. Why would you want to run triple Detonator? That'd be awful." Now, augmenting their 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 melees to be primers or detonators, I look forward to them doing that. I truly I think they're going to do it. Listen, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. I want a sword for my Colossus that I swing, I do a sweeping swing motion with, and I can prime like three or four people with it. I want to do it. Make it happen. Okay? I want I want a pistol that I can use while my shield's out for my Colossus. I want a detonating sword of, of, of destruction for my uh, for my ranger. You know, I want that. And that way you can play completely differently. Can you imagine playing the ranger? He's got that forward momentum. Imagine playing that forward momentum by priming and then just running in there and slamming the ground with that sword. That'd be awesome. That's how I was playing him initially because that's, that's, that's how he felt, right? He had this great forward momentum. Um ignites the target while on a hit streak this is an auto auto rifle i've not gotten this upgraded hammerhead hardest hitter in the assault class and after five streaks it ignites them now the question i have is is that a primer the inscriptions this is why right here grinding for masterworks is so important the inscriptions on this thing are are good in certain ways 80% to my shield max are you freaking kidding me that's ridiculous but auto cannon damage eh fire damage is a 1% mm. and then sniper damage eh okay if this thing primes that's a game changer that's a great weapon weapons don't prime or detonate ever I don't know if that's true I thought there were guns that were were uh, priming and detonating I don't know if that's accurate, Don. I thought there was even language that said this thing detonates, this thing primes. I'm fairly certain this thing, uh, this primes. That's wrong, it does prime, thank you. That gun primes, thank you. Yes, this primes, thank you, chat. Alright, we got another one here. Okay, I've not seen this yet. This is a machine pistol. 
Gambler's Wrath. When suit health declines, the weapon damage increases by 125% for 10 seconds, and it gets 55% ammo, RB speed, harvest bonus, and sniper damage. That, I don't know, that sounds that sounds aggressive, that sounds like it'd be better suited maybe for an interceptor, because you're kind of up in the mix and losing a lot more health maybe. Uh, we got the Seeking Missile again, and now we've got a 50% elemental damage, pickup radius, sniper ammo, and marksman rifle damage. We'll have to compare that. The elemental damage is nice, but the other three don't really help me. Again, the inscriptions are really what you're farming for, not the masterwork itself. Um... Ben Irving once misspoke that weapons won't primer dead in a live stream, but they do. Yeah, it sounds like he yeah, it sounds like he misspoke. And here comes the legendary. <gasps> I got a legendary frag grenade. I love running double debt. Hits enemies adds 700% ultimate charge. What? Uh, weapon damage gets a 28%, harvest bonus, RB speed, and ammo drop rate. So the ammo drop rate is the only thing. Uh, the only thing on this that I don't like but holy frick that's great I love running double debt and I just got the thing that I need to run double debt if you hit 7 enemies you get a full super oh my gosh I'm telling you the loot pursuit in this game is good it's good it's good uh, JFG King if you could create your own masterwork for the ranger what would it be uh, the thing that I just got I don't <laughs> I don't think like this sorry I don't have a good answer to your question uh, Surik me do you think they should add uh, a mass salvage or salvage rules that's coming yes and they should it's coming it's coming uh, maybe on the 22nd don't quote me on that but it is coming I don't know if it's on on there that is not yellow it's it's yellow but it's like baby food yellow it's yellow but it's not yellow come on chat it it is but it isn't it's like a lime it's like gatorade yellow yeah uh relkin uh recklin sorry uh knowing that the javelins will be tuned uh in future patches moving forward do you think the javelins will ever be nerfed no i don't think so because i think they are going to do a, uh, they're going to primarily push toward going with what is stronger and stronger and stronger and i think that's going to matter more than dealing with like nerves now if so, if they maybe they feel something is just too too strong then you know they'll talk to us about it. like you know this ability was intended to do this and when it's combined with this it's nullifying all other builds like it's so strong that all other builds are, are, are basically trash they may do that but I really I really don't see them going down the line of nerfs because I believe that you're going to have an ever increasing you know power creep where you leave behind the things of the early you know year one seasons and builds and you start going for the bigger things um, and I know people don't like power creep but that's the reason what the frick that's how you pull people forward in the game. You have to motivate people to get pulled forward and to do more things. Um, Ryan PK, what do you say to the people that say the game has no end game content? Destiny doesn't really have end game content. Um, people, I spent too long in the expedition screen. Oh, is that something that can happen? Oh, people that say there's no end game, I don't know what they're basing that on. I don't know what they're basing that on. The end game is not even done yet. It isn't. 
Do you know want to know? You want to know what most of the people have in common that say there's no, there's no end game? They were cheesing the end game. So again, that input is suspect and corrupt. Not corrupt in like a sinister, evil way. It's corrupted. It's it, your opinion is is not as not as meaningful you haven't really played the end game you skipped all the the rhythmic ways of getting there i just now got to my ranger i'm not even done with my colossus but i just got to the point where i feel like my colossus is topped off enough that i can really start investing in my ranger i just i don't know i don't think people are giving the end game a fair shake uh, and i think a lot of people are I'm getting terrible frame drops in the in in this place right now. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'll check the vanity store. Somebody keeps asking me to check the vanity store. I don't know. Oh, they changed it. They changed the vanity store. So we've got this armor pack here for it's called Seeker. Uh, it's called Seeker. This updated early. I, we hadn't gotten to the nine days yet. Oh, look! It's going to update more often now. Featured is going to change in a day and seventeen hours. Um, cool. Cool, and then that looks, uh, my gosh, is that for the, that's for the Interceptor, isn't it? The Interceptor is very proud of their, uh, their boutoir. Oh, this looks cool. The diamonds, the, the diamonds for the, uh, the thing. Now, I have a question. Somebody said, alright, if I select this, somebody said you could preview this on your Interceptor. I think you have to do that in the Forge. I think you have to do that in the Forge. Interceptor's got a booty, you know? That storm helmet? Yeah, that storm stuff looked nice. Um, yeah, so the people criticizing the end game, they don't bother me. I think most of these people are are jumping the gun, and a lot of them haven't even touched uh, the end game appropriately. So I don't give a rip what they think because they haven't played it. I Again, I just, I really, really do truly think people are completely out of their head. They're jumping all the way... Um, they're jumping all the way to conclusions about something that they haven't even appropriately engaged with yet. So, I want to find that uh, it was the hammerhead. Uh, I can't, but I can't remember what it was called. Ignites target on a hit streak. Here it is, Rollner's Blaze. Let's try that, and then let's try that. That um, no, not the dashing pistol. Here we go. Yeah, let's try that. Those are cool looking. Those are neat. Alright, I'm gonna go to appearance here, and are there new helmets for me to buy? No, there's not. So you'd have to boot up and check- Oh, I can check the vinyl, though. They've got- Yeah, they've got this new vinyl. See, I like this. If you want to see what something looks like, go to the forge, and you can see what the vinyl looks like. You may not like that vinyl, um, so put it on. The N7 vinyl, for example, that ain't worth 36000 in my mind. Holy frick, get the frick out of here. Um, yeah. Let's see the pretty new grenade. Yeah, I just equipped it. I just equipped it. It's, uh, it's right here. So it's called the last argument. So we're going to be running, uh, we're going to be running double debt. And we did get a new version of the seeker missile. This gets a 50% on the combo damage, but this gets 50% elemental damage. I don't know which is better to have 15 on the combo or 50 on the elemental. I mean, this isn't elemental, is it? This is impact. So, but that would help. That would do 50% on the frost damage, but I'm not doing frost damage anymore. That would be on my melee electricity. Um, what else does this have? Sniper. 
Oh, this also does gear damage of 10%. I think that version's better. We'll keep running that one for now. Um, we'll keep running that one for now. And we're going to have to compare here on this. Uh, we got a ranger combo augment. Epic ranger combat says repair drop rate and pickup radius. Oh, we got one with luck. We got one with luck. We're putting that one on, dude. Luck is, uh, luck is the key, man. Don't sleep on those, don't sleep on those lucks. They're good. (laughs) They are, uh, they're good. They're helpful. Don't sleep on them. Okay, let's delete that there. All right, next question. Johnny returns. What do you speculate cataclysms will be? I'm hoping they're just more mechanisms in them to change the team as a whole instead of just throwing Ash Titans and more not mobs at us. The Ash Titans are literally the beginning. They're not the actual cataclysm. So cataclysms are going to get... Uh, cataclysms are... We, we haven't even seen the full... Um, we haven't seen the full effect of them. So I, I, I hope that there are... I hope that they're like rifts. I hope they're like rifts. I hope like I jump into a rift... And then, you know, I hope to jump into a storm and there's these crazy fights, these crazy environments, crazy bosses. As I was joking, uh, it'd be pretty cool to see a giant Grabid. Uh, it'd be pretty neat, you know, giant Grabid fight. Vicious spell. With the amount of time you've been playing, how does the drop rate seem in regards of getting drops for different javelins than the one you're playing with? Once you're at max level, you get lots of components for the other other javelins. And here's why I think it's okay. You sort of having to downshift from chasing endgame loot on your favorite javelin to... You'd have to be, like, farming for, for basic components to be strong. You can basically hit the ground running with... I did, at least, once I really was topped off on my Colossus. My Ranger had plenty of epic-level, like, purple... Um, purple-level components to kind of beef him up, to kind of go out into hard and masterwork... I'm sorry, Grandmaster 1, like, right away. Um, so... I've... I think it's good that that happens, but that doesn't typically happen until you hit max level. I wasn't getting things for the other javelins until I hit max level. Uh, it, it it definitely seemed to uh, to take time. It wasn't it wasn't a right away thing. And again, I think that's supposed to serve as like a handoff. You're sort of being handed off to the next javelin and not feeling like, well, I'm starting all the way over. You know, they changed the difficulty descriptions. Oh, they did. So they're doing more updates in the background and not even telling us. That's awesome. Frisky. Is there or do you feel a stat screen would be great overall? Oh, yes. Please give us a stat screen. I was talking about that today because I was swapping components around. I was like, I have no idea what my max health and shield, right? I have no idea what my max health and shield is. Um, I I feel like there is a there's a big, big vacancy there because basically what I did was um, I I went in and I was like okay I've got these here and this is a universal that buffs armor right this is a this is a, a universal that buffs my armor but then it takes away my health right and then after that I was like but well, what about this combination I could say let's go with uh, let's go with this, let's go with that, let's let's twist this around, let's do two universals instead of these specifics. But I had no idea what my total health and shield were. I, I, I had zero clue. So I felt like I had I would have had to get out, like, literally, like, I'm not kidding you, I was like, I have to get out a calculator to figure this out. So I think that is another thing that if they added, it would be a huge, uh, huge value point for the game. 
Recklin says, How do you think Vanilla Anthem compares to Vanilla Destiny or Division? We've addressed this a few times this morning, just on me. We've addressed this a few times this morning. The vanilla version of Anthem is... I would say... I don't want to put a number on it. It's crazy. If Vanilla Destiny 1 and Vanilla Destiny 2 were like 4 or 5 out of 10... I think this game's like a solid seven and a half. It's in such better shape. It's really, really, it's, it's, there's so much more thought put into the game. Here, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I'll tell you the difference. Division one, Destiny two, and Destiny one, vanilla, all those games in their vanilla state lacked depth and lacked grind, or at least grind that was worthwhile. Division one had grind, but it was freaking terrible okay this game and and destiny one to their credit and destiny two to their credit were games that had almost no no bugs or problems they had almost no bugs or problems we're apparently having server issues now we haven't had any issues until i mean now i'm i'm having i'm i'm this is that that's that's real close together uh real close together getting bugged out here and getting kicked not sure what's going on um so that's that's kind of the differences that I would draw those as the differences. Uh, the event seems to have started. Look at the weather. That might be why the servers are acting up. Maybe they're trying to push updates to servers and it's bumping people off. So, yeah, Destiny One and Two really didn't have any performance bugs or problems. And this is nice. I can jump right back in with the homies. It didn't have really any performance bugs or problems, but there was like nothing to do. Sure, we have performance bugs and problems in in Anthem, but they're fixing them ridiculously fast. And once you get through that, that's why I said today, I'm a little bit biased in my feedback. I've not had the bugs, the glitches, and the crashes that everybody else has had, and I'm really enjoying the game. What does that tell you? That tells you that as soon as the bugs and the glitches and the problems get resolved, there's a great game underneath to enjoy because I'm there and enjoying it, right? Uh, J. Krills. Do you have to start with Ranger and then unlock an next javelin? No, Ranger's just for the tutorial. You can pick one of the four. Jixer, I heard that the luck stat doesn't affect masterwork. This is a rumor. No one's confirmed this. They said on Twitter it affects the drop rate of rarities. I was getting a stupid amount of masterworks yesterday, and I had a ton of luck on my my, my Colossus, and I feel like it was making a difference. There you go. I don't know what else to say. Um, It definitely feels like it's making a difference, and it does seem like there is some sort of a storm starting. There's like debris freaking flying everywhere, which could be why we're having frame rate issues. My frame rate is, uh, is really bad right now. Um, and I think it's from all these particles flying everywhere. That's something they need to consider about these storms and stuff is that they add these, these particle effects and it makes your, uh, it really, it really seems to affect your frame rate negatively. Casualish, a casual Irish gamer says, what are your thoughts on game companies releasing unfinished games on an almost constant, uh, constant basis and the community allowing this to happen? Do you ever think maybe it's becoming a bit unacceptable these days? Well, as, as, as we've said a few times today, games have to launch eventually. Um, the question, I don't think the question, when you say unfinished, I'm going to take, I take issue with that. This game's not unfinished. Um, I, I don't think it's unfinished. I think the campaign is complete. The story is complete. The grind is there. There, there's a lot of thoughtfulness about, um, what there is to chase and how long it's going to take you to chase it. There's four different javelins. Uh, I think unpolished is a better description, not unfinished. Okay. Now let's take your question then and say, are, are, what about games launching unpolished and needing to have fixes? 
Uh, there's a part of me that's just like, that's just kind of the world we live in. There's multiple platforms these games have to launch for. There's multiple computer builds. There's different drivers and chipsets. Uh, there's different technology that gets pushed uh, and shoved into the computer the computer world with you know RTX and other things like that that just pushes things forward that leads to instability that leads to problems that leads to optimization struggles uh, a lot of the problems with this game's bulkiness people have attributed to the the anti-piracy stuff that's inside um, and there, th- so th- those are a lot of factors that are playing a part in a game lacking polish so if if a game launching perfect is 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 difficult. And don't cite God of War and Spider-Man and and Witcher 3. Okay? People always jump to single player games. It's just a very very different environment of polish and quality of life control, all right? It just it's a very very uh un, unfair unfair sampling. I would say that if that's kind of the expectation is that games are going to launch and they're going to have things that need to be fixed over time the question becomes how quickly and how efficiently and how well are those problems fixed that would be my question I, I don't necessarily think that you know you can expect I just don't think you can expect games to launch without problems that just I don't know that seems unreasonable now, if, they, if they're overrun with problems, that's different than launching with problems. So, and again, I'm on the biased side of this where I've had almost no issues. So someone might be looking at this video and saying, this guy's freaking full of it. I can barely play the game. Like, okay, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not having problems. If they're fixing optimization crashes and load screen issues and they're doing it quickly, then... I don't think you can be like, they're lazy, they're pushing out crap. I just think the nature of development and game development and and, and cycles of when games have to launch, they're going to have issues. So for me, the question is not, does the game have problems? I'm always asking the question is, are they talking to the community? Are they fixing the problems? How quickly can they fix the problems? And they've built what seems like a very agile game that can have lots of updates pushed out relatively quickly. Uh, and that to me is a good thing. That's a really, really good quality point for the user. Uh, Kid Midnight. Do you think Anthem should look towards similar games to improve various game aspects or seek to build a unique game identity uh, that may may take more time? I feel like they've done a really good job building a unique game act uh, identity, and if it has similarities to, you know, world world tiers in Division or you know, Rifts and Diablo. That kind of doesn't matter because the game's identity, I feel like, is well in place. So, I don't feel like this gun's igniting anything. Do I have to hit crit spots in order for it to do it? I, I didn't... I, I wasn't seeing any igniting going on unless they're just too weak. Light Leap. What do you think stats like 175% weapon damage or 175% gear damage? Personally, I feel like they make every other weapon or piece of gear without these stats useless because the difference is insane. Even epics with these stats outclass masterworks with these stats. I think you're missing the bigger picture, homie. There are going to be stats sometimes that are nuts. Like, I got a thing that did 150% elemental damage. So, depending on your build, if you get something like that... Uh, I have to not miss. Okay. 
if you get something like that that goes with your elemental build you most definitely can find builds and inscriptions that are going to be better than 175 on gear or weapon also if you get 175 percent gear or weapon damage increases and the rest of the inscriptions suck that might make you sort of say well this other one only has a hundred percent but it has all these other stat buffs and it has these other things a lot of that comes into you grinding for what's best for you and i think people need to remember that because whenever you're crafting a build you what what your what you think is the best is not always the best and so that's when it comes down to okay what build are you going for well if i'm going for a ranged build or an impact build or a uh, a variety of some of the builds in the game then the the question then becomes what what's the perk i'm i'm searching for you may look at my build and say i would never use that i'm looking for 175 buffing uh this and then i may say yeah i don't i don't i don't use that so some and here's the thing here's the thing it's okay to get a piece where you're like, this piece is so undeniably good, I'm never going to use anything else. That that happens in video games, man. I mean, that, that's part of loot pursuit. That's part of loot chase. Um, so, I now, if it's happening too often, sure, but I think getting bad inscriptions, you can clearly see today, I've gotten a bunch of inscriptions that were just clearly not that great. And we're looking at them, we're like, uh, it's got a bunch of stuff on it that doesn't help me. That's a good thing. That means I've got more stuff to chase. Uh, Ithlin. I've been watching Anthem streams the last few days, but I don't see much of a world map. Could you elaborate on uh, how many zones there are to choose from? Are there just a few with the difficulty options? I'm trying to get a better idea of how much there is to explore. I mean, homie, I got no problem showing you the map. I mean, it's, it's fairly large. Come all the way down here. So you've got the bottom, what, four areas here across, and you go up. And then there's like the mid, you know, four areas. And then there's like four or five areas up top. And then this entire map goes to the difficulty that I select. So if I select Grandmaster 1, 2, or 3, that's what it it sets the whole map to that difficulty. Um, So I don't even look at the map anymore. I just fly around. Like every area is so distinct from the last and cool looking that I just, I don't know. I just. I, I'm, in, I'm in the honeymoon stage, man. Everything looks neat and cool, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this area. Look at the statues, or look at that giant structure, or, you know, look at all the foliage. I, I don't know. I like it. Sibin uh, says, Hi, Lono. Do you feel it's a good time for looter shooters at the moment? Uh, if one dries up, you move to the next. Yeah, I've said this numerous times today. Uh, I think we're about to enter a really great cycle and season of pivoting from one game to the next when you hit a little bit of a dry spell, and it's exciting for me as a fan of looter shooters. 944, is there a disadvantage of being a solo player? Is any content locked? No, there's not content locked from you, and if you get really strong and people get really strong, I think there you shouldn't have a problem doing Grandmaster 1 once you've got a really good build, as long as people People are like sticking together once you get beyond grandmaster one I, I they're either gonna have to i don't know that's when i think things will start to be out of your reach but that that you can still you can still play grandmaster one and get all the dope stuff and build a good kit i mean it, and here's the thing you have to play the game as it's designed you cannot expect to play a game built around cooperative play and completely ignore 
oh, I've played all these Grandmaster 1 strongholds and had a good experience, and I've never once messaged anybody that I had a good experience with and add them to my friends list. The game isn't designed for you to go into the hardest difficulties by yourself. It's not, it isn't. It's not designed that way. So if you're going to play it that way, you have to accept that you are potentially short-circuiting your your experience. Because someone in chat saying Grandmaster 2 and 3 is camping simulator of sniper weapons. Yeah, it sure is for all the dum-dums going in there that have no business going in there. If you're going into content you have no business going into, of course you're going to have to sit back and snipe. Like, we went in to do Harder Rage Grandmaster 1 and we were clearly not strong enough yet and we had to basically hide the whole time. That's not how it's going to be once you're kitted properly. You're going to be able to be way more aggressive and do your abilities and they'll tweak accordingly. If I've got all my stuff maxed to the, you know, stacked to the rafters, then I I should be able to go into the difficulty, you know, the next one up and do the things that they're they're expecting me to do. Um so Friday 21. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this stream, this is a live broadcast. People are submitting questions right now. Uh, this is a this is a like a radio segment that I do. My my channel is basically like an interactive radio show. So when you show up, I'm going to interact with you and give you a hub of content and interaction and make you feel like you're going to get something for your time. You're not just going to tune in and watch me play the game and barely acknowledge chat. That's a trend on Twitch that I am the antithesis of. I'm the opposite of that. So, if you like this SNTR presents Say No to Rage is where SNTR comes from. If you like this and you like this format, please click the follow button. Uh, that's a free and easy way to support what I do. I don't ask for tips or subs. I don't do subathons. I don't do sub trains. The only thing I ever say is clicking the follow button is a free and easy way to support what I do and come back every day. So thank you for the amazing support and high viewership and everybody hanging out. I greatly appreciate it. Um, Friday, how do you feel about microtransactions? Do you feel it will allow Bioware to release better content and mostly, or or will it mostly line EA's pockets? I don't think it, uh, I don't like, I'd like to think that if I participate in microtransactions, I'm investing in future content, especially since DLC will be free. I mean, I think you're answering your own question, okay? I mean, which do you think is the most likely turn of events here in your question? That they're giving you free DLC, but all the microtransaction quote-unquote lines EA's pockets. Well, then how, what the frick, how are they doing free DLC then? You see what I'm saying? You're answering your own question, homie. They're not charging us for DLC and expansions as, as you play this game for a year and everything they add you get for free. So the microtransactions are baked in as a revenue generating, you know, DLC subsidizing mechanic. it's gonna line EA's pockets okay yeah I'm sure there's revenue share and I'm sure EA gets some of the money because they're the publisher and return of investment is part of the contract and keeping shareholders happy is their job but again your your question has the answer within it I think this is a this is a new this is a new format for a game as service where you don't pay for an annual pass you don't pay for the DLC but they have a DLC free 
situation that creates a more winsome environment where you feel like, you know what, I've been playing for two months. I don't mind throwing down 20 or $30 on micros because I haven't paid a cent for the last two months. You know, I, people do that in Fortnite. They justify spending the money on Fortnite. Why? Because they didn't spend any money on the game. And once you get into a month or two in, this is another example of an environment that I just think is ridiculously cool looking. Um, the depth and the scope, like just the, how how big these areas feel is awesome. I love the scope of the size of the game. It's very, very cool. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a it's a new format. I mean, Bungie's going with a similar format, but they're making you pay for an annual pass and then they drip feed the content. So instead of relying on microtransactions, you pay $35 to have extra content on top of the free stuff they do every season. It's not forced, but if you want that extra complimentary content, it's there. ESO does a subscription service that runs alongside their main game, completely optional, but it subsidizes you know, the game and keeps the servers running and keeps quality of life updates flowing. Um, I hate these little guys, dude. I swear they were not this aggressive before. I wonder if they're more aggressive because of the, the event that's going to be happening. I swear they were never this aggressive. I've never gotten shot this much by these dudes. They are shooting the ever-loving crap out of me. They're knocking me out of the sky, like, non-stop. Um... Next question from Hebe1986. Some folks have complained that the map does not have enough animals, locals walking about uh, doing their own business to populate the area. Based on what I've seen you playing, though, it seems pretty good. Uh, There are a few empty spots. Well, if I fly above everything, you're not seeing a lot of the things populate. There's the big rhino-looking dinosaur guys. There's those little guys that keep shocking me. There's the grabbits. Um, you know, there's the, there's the, there's just the loot you can grab. There's the enemies, there's the public events. I, I don't know. I think people that say the world feels empty are just like the people saying that the the campaign is, is short. I think I, I, it's kind of laughable. It's, it's way more alive than, than, than virtually any game I've ever played. That's tried to be like this. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I, I feel like there's stuff around every corner. I'm always running into something. So yeah, I think it's I think it's totally fine. I, I don't have any issue with how alive the world feels. I think there's plenty going on. Uh, Northern Kitsune, do you think Bioware should open it? Uh, should be open or transparent on what can be hotfixed quickly, such as loot drop rate or what needs to be patched? Yeah, I think it, them being transparent is already happening. So I don't know why you're asking this question. If you're asking if I think they should, I mean, you have your answer in the fact that I've been praising that a couple of times today. So yeah. <laughs> transparency and communication are the key to a good symbiotic relationship between developer and the community so yeah I don't know why you wouldn't want that hot like robot is there a world event scenario that you think would be really awesome for anthem mechanics and gameplay yeah giant world bosses that we haven't seen before like I said like a giant grab it <laughs> I want to see it I think it'd be freaking dope uh, Chooch Biggins, are there types of missions variety you would like to see implement free play contracts, example puzzle solving, platforming quests? Um, I eh, platforming and puzzle solving feel like they'd be a little ham fisted in this game. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just I don't feel a strong desire for that. I like fighting the bosses, but I also like fighting the trash mobs. I think there's value to both. Um, I think there's value to both. Can you make a full cloth looking armor set? I don't know. I think you can apply that cloth uh, texture, 
but I don't know if it's going to look like cloth or still look like armor. You'd have to experiment. How'd you get all the purple consumable blueprints? Uh, I don't know. I unlocked them, I think, when I got my... Oh, I think they came from one of the faction reps. Faction rep is... Uh, um, Faction rep was driving that. Okay, Milo's got to go AFK, so if somebody else wants to drive the ship for the uh, the public events. I'll just follow. I'll just follow... Uh, Dash, you take... Uh, Vreek or... Uh, no, Dash, you take the lead. Dash, take the lead. We'll follow you. Um... We'll just follow Dash. Uh, is there an FOB slider? If not, do you think there should be one? Do you feel it's fine how it is? I mean, uh, I don't know. If they if they put an FOB slider in, I'd be worried about performance issues. The game already kind of struggles with optimization. Just how much is going on. It's so big. There's so many elemental effects. Um... So I don't know. I know people want it, but I think sometimes people ask for things that they want that might end up not being worth like worth it. it. It could it could cause performance issues, which could be why it's not in there. Shot down again by those little guys. Um, and then there's these guys too. I don't know what those guys are. Next question. Do you think there will be speedruns of Stronghold similar to like in Destiny? Yeah, probably. I think they said there was going to be leaderboards, so I could definitely see that happening. Uh, Jim Lay. Do you think Bioware needs to take a page out of Division's book and increase loot drop uh, chances of Masterwork gear? Considering getting into Grandmaster 3 for most builds will require very specific rolled inscriptions. Specific Masterwork gear currently averaging about one Masterwork per two Strongholds. They need to look at the drop rate in the harder content. We've said that numerous times today. Um... That's un- that, that's kind of undeniable. I don't think anybody can deny that. I think that's something that needs looked at. Um, they they need to be giving you better loot drops for running the hardest content. Uh, that that's that's not really in dispute. It's just a matter of tiering it. So and again, the loot explosion from the boss may fix a lot of what we're talking about. That's an update coming. Sasquatch, would you like to see a con? Uh, a conversion system for the abundance of materials will accumulate 50 embers to make one. Oh, I'm yeah, I could see them doing this. I mean, I could see them adding this to the crafting. Um, yeah, because eventually you don't really need them, right? I mean, are you are you ever really using the green ember after the you know after the beginning of the game? I don't know. That's why I was using them to make consumables because it was like eventually you're not going to be using them. Um. Sasquatch, would you incentivize players to not only do strongholds, but sometimes it's in the entirety or not just the chest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this a couple times today. You probably just missed it. I think the chest should get more rewarding uh, as you go, and the boss chest should be ridiculously rewarding, or like a boss loot explosion, which again, uh, these are things that they're uh, potentially adding. I mean, they're going to have the boss drop loot, so that would be a great way of doing it. Uh, would you like to see a portion of the challenges refresh weekly or monthly? Um, there's daily weekly challenges already go down into the bottom of the fort, uh, to see them. Uh, that's already a, uh, a thing. So yes, they already do refresh daily, weekly, and monthly. J G F King. Do you think the support uh, item that quickly refreshes overheat cooldown, uh, like a fat bottle of water would help the game? Um, I don't know. I think we overheat at a decent pace, I think we stay, we're overheated for way too long. 
Like, when I get shot down by one of those little dudes, it should be kind of comical, and I should be able to jump back up and get back to flying relatively quickly. When I finally overheat and I land, it just takes way too long. I know you can spec for longer thrust, you know, and quicker refresh or whatever, but I think the base level overheat length of time is just ridiculous. It's, especially when it happens in fighting, it really, really hurts your movement and verticality, and you feel dead in the water, and there's so many enemies that attack you with stuff that overheats you. I don't know. I, I, I I think they need to look at it. I do. Mel, being optimistic with the question, uh, if Anthem lands wonderfully and the directory does continue to grow, how can you and the other top five streamers, uh, five to ten streamers in the directory, uh, help to foster growth? Destiny had a lot of host raid for the smaller streamers, but that may not work in the new Twitch environments. Uh, what can be done to ensure the future directory overall? Uh, here's the thing. Something magical happened with... Masterwork out of a chest. Something magical happened with Destiny, and I think people have to develop a hive mind. So, I'm not taking shots at anybody when I say this, but Destiny 2 made everybody get really insular, and I understand why, and no one's really recovered from that. So, if... If you were there during the beginning stages of the Destiny 1 directory, you probably remember the days of the raids and the hosts and the community events and helping people, you know, get seen that you felt like were, you know, were were uh, were worth seeing, right? There was this constant sort of let's drag people to the top, okay? And a hive mind developed because it was consistent. What's been more consistent these days on Twitch is that Person A raids person B, person B raids person C, and then person C raids person D. And it's essentially an insular form of directory manipulation. Now, I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. I'm not saying it as a slight. What I'm saying is that doesn't that doesn't spread. That doesn't create like opportunities for other people. And I think this came from Destiny 2's bad launch. Everybody kind of had to get insular. Everybody had to kind of like learn to swim on their own. Um, I also think, and again, this is not me taking swipes at people. I think a lot of people grew on the coattails of other streamers. And now they basically can't get good viewership unless their friend raids them. Um, and, and, And so... Again, that's not a slight. I remember when my channel was growing and I wasn't getting hosted and I wasn't getting rated a lot, I told people, I said, there are pluses and minuses to getting rated and hosted. People were like, I just don't get it, man. Nobody ever really raids or hosts you. Like, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't really know a lot of people in the directory. I didn't really know a lot of folks to, you know, to kind of be in those lanes of hosts and raids. But I remember telling people, I'm like, you got to remember there there are pluses and minuses to that when you develop your your stream and you have a ton of community crossover with other streamers that limits your growth potential significantly in but it also helps your growth potential do you see there's two sides to the coin 
If you're good friends with one of the big dudes and he keeps raiding and hosting you and handing off his stream to you, basically, and that helps you grow, okay, that's putting you at the top and giving you an opportunity to shine. That's a benefit that comes from it, right? That's why I'm saying it's not a slight, but it comes with its own weaknesses, okay? It comes with its own weaknesses. There is definitely an element to you have a lot of community crossover so you struggle to stand on your own if that person's online your viewership is noticeably weaker if they don't raid and host you you struggle to climb the directory okay so there are natural pain points i think in the way some streams were developed in the birth sort of the birth pangs of the destiny directory when things were kind of developing and i think now what's happening is to a certain extent people are circling the wagons if you will and some of that comes from a systemic problem on twitch directories don't last so i want to defend these people for a little bit right it sounds like i'm taking shots and i'm not i'm going to defend them for a little bit why the frick should i invest in this directory my buddies and I, we invest in each other, it helps, we can do fun streams and play together, it boosts all of our viewership, it creates camaraderie and solidarity, and that's strong, and directories are tenuous, they come and they go, they're transient, they're here, and then they're gone, right? Well, so it makes sense to be like, why would I invest in this directory? It's just gonna be here, it's gonna be gone, and that's a systemic problem on Twitch in general. So, this is a really long answer. There's no simple silver bullet solution. It's like when people say, if I could only get rated or hosted, I, my channel would grow. No, that's not true. No, it wouldn't. That's not why channels grow. Uh, and getting rated and hosting and, and being friends with the big guys and having your channel grow because they're you know, handing off their stream to you, as I just outlined, is fraught with its own weaknesses. Um, you know, it's fraught with its own weaknesses. And... So, it, it there, there, a lot of people form similar ideas about directories. Well, if people would just raid and host each other. The directory would grow. You know, you start investing in other people. Well, you know, I was foolhardy for a while and thought similar things. I thought if people would just do this, if you just invest in the middle, uh, then you know, people can people can grow and have those opportunities, and then they can then they can kind of climb the directory. Well, you have to have a, th- there has to be a hive mind. There has to be a hive mind. If the directory doesn't buy into the mentality, then it just doesn't matter. You know, big streamers can squat on the directory and do, they get on early and they refuse to shut down. That, that happens sometimes. Again, I'm not faulting them for them. That, that, but that doesn't create a hive mind of, of, of directory investment and growth. Okay. So this harkens back to many things I've talked about on the platform with respect to recommendations and growth opportunities and discoverability for more than just the people who can manipulate the top of the directory by raiding and hosting their friends or dominate the top of the directory with volumetric dominance. Here comes the big Justin TV OG streamers. No one can compete with them. They soak up all the viewership and then they leave the game a week later and there's nothing left behind, right? They're not doing anything wrong, but that's a problem on the platform. 
if you started doing more channel recommendation structure to where this guy Jeremy and this guy Bob see different versions of the directory and it's a, it's in accordance with their viewership habits the things that they like watching what channels do they watch when do they watch who do they watch you know d- if they're watching this guy does this guy have good community crossover with this guy and if he does then that person should be getting them recommended to them because clearly there's a viewership pattern that's saying these people like there are viewers that like uh, these types of streams, right? You start recommending. What that does is that creates organic growth. And that is why so many people don't understand Twitch and they don't understand what grows a channel. I don't know I don't know where you guys are. It's not telling me. Did you guys come around this corner? It's just telling me you're in a it's telling me you're in a fort or a or a, a dungeon. I think I know where you are. Um Organic growth comes from people watching a stream that they enjoy and then coming back, right? So if you click on a stream, not because it's huge and at the top of the directory and not because it's, oh, I'm watching this stream because this guy always raids and hosts his friend, okay? If you're clicking on a stream and watching it because it was recommended to you, according to Twitch's own statistics, you're far more likely to return to that stream. And what that does is it creates growth opportunities for more people. That strengthens the directory. Imagine, if you will, instead of the top two or three streams getting 70 to 80% of the directory's viewership, imagine that getting more more evenly distributed we talking about socialism shut the frick up and listen to me for a second if you had that even more evenly distributed according to recommendations not according to oh handouts for small streamers handouts for growing streamers no 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 If that was more evenly distributed according to recommendations, what you would have is, imagine that the directory is a bunch of chain links, okay? And instead of having a bunch of really, really heavy chain links at the top that are very strong and can leave at any given moment, you start strengthening all the chain links of the directory all the way down. Viewership thresholds and averages start to go up for everybody. They start getting, uh, they start getting more clicks, more followers, more subs, more loyalty, etc. What do you think that does to that streamer? Oh, I'm gonna stream this game longer than I planned. I'm getting a pretty good trickle rate of interest and intrigue. People are really liking my stream. Do you want to know what else the streamer would do? They'd stop focusing on the freaking directory and where they stand and how they can manipulate it. And oh, if I do this and I get on at this time, and if I get this guy to raid or host me, or if I raid this guy, or, you know what I'm saying? People change their schedules. People literally change their launch schedules because they know they can they can they can have easier dominance of the directory when they do that. There are people that will literally go live at different times because of this instead of just saying all day long I'm in the anthem directory they're gonna feed people to my channel that are recommended to me and that is gonna help me just focus on putting on a show and then I capture people with my show not a raid, not a host, not viewer manipul, not directory manipulation, not being insular you capture people with your freaking content right? like It's a really, really, really long answer, but until that starts to happen, directories will continue to be tenuous. I'm going to choose my words very carefully here, okay? Until that starts to happen, directories will continue to be tenuous mountaintops that are lived on by the same 
people time and time again. Tenuous mountaintops that get to be lived on by the same small circle of people time and time again. They're only as relevant as the game. Right, but again, Eugene, I think the relevancy of a game like Elder Scrolls Online, The Division, Destiny, and Anthem, Diablo, I think those games could have their viewership relevancy stretched if the directories were not treated like tenuous mountaintops for really big streamers to live on for a short period of time. I'm not taking shots at anybody. I'm merely describing how things are. Um... Saint Guardian, do you feel the fire and lightning need a buff? I played without ice effect and I felt like uh, I played without an ice effect and I felt like I was at a disadvantage. Um, I'm still continuing to follow Dash, by the way, guys. I don't know. I, I think Milo might still be AFK. Okay, ice is just super helpful because it immobilizes people. I do think that electricity should stun a bit more and fire should like slow them a little bit more because it's doing damage over time you know so um it's just one of those things it's uh they, they they need to look at the damage over time effect and the status effects to make sure they're not like ice is just is just so strong because it basically stops them dead in their tracks um so you could probably literally break out my answer to Mel as like a as like a literal like mini Twitch talk on directory investment. Do you want to know why the what they tried to do with Warframe didn't work? Because of exactly what I was talking about. It needs to form and come from organic intrigue, intrigue, interest, and recommendations, not paying a bunch of people to play your game and then giving the viewers a bunch of free stuff. That just is. It was a good idea. I remember when I saw the idea on paper, I was like, that's really smart. In practice, it turned out to be really gimmicky and thin and it didn't work. So I think that was a really good experiment to learn from and to say, it doesn't really work that way. It's got to be organic. That's kind of how it happens. Fortnite and the streamers that grew with Fortnite, that was like an organic nuclear bomb going off. Do you know what I mean? It just happened. No one manufactured that. No one manufactured it. It worked for Apex. But again, organic ninja. Organic. The organic nature of what happened with Apex is playing a bigger role than paying streamers to play it. If look, you pay a bunch of big streamers to play your game, okay? The organic fuel in the tank is what causes the explosion. Essentially, what happened is this is what happened. Okay? Apex Legends stood on the giant mountain billboard, the enormous giant mountain billboard that Fortnite built, and they put their game on it, and the game was good. (laughs) Yeah, Realm Royale is a good example. Like, Realm Royale just didn't have that organic interest. It looked too much like Fortnite. It didn't play in a way that I think people really enjoyed, and I think that led to... um, you know, it led to people kind of being like, eh, and they threw it over their shoulder. Apex Legends delivered on uh, on every every aspect that they needed to. Stability, fun, um, 
And when people were and when people were coming back and saying, "Do you think it's going to be any good, Lona? Do you think it's going to be good?" I said, "Read the tweets from the streamers coming back. They're making qualitative statements. They're not just saying stupid garbage fluff like it's fun. I had fun. Thank you, respawn. They were making qualitative statements. They were saying the game is good. It feels good. It plays well. Like those were qualitative statements. You got to kind of read between the lines, you know, before the game came out. So." Apex Day 1 was all paid? Sure, that's true, but the organic nature of Battle Royale and the, and and that 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 was the fire that kept things going. A game can't keep going unless the organic interest is there, and that's why what happened with Warframe didn't work because people were there for the free for the free loot and then streamers were streaming it because they were getting paid. As soon as the money dried up and as soon as the free loot dried up, the interest went away because the interest wasn't an organic interest in Warframe, it was an interest in free stuff or money. And again, on paper I thought it was a great idea, in practice it didn't work. Like, all the money that that promoted Apex Legends worked because there's a natural organic interest and intrigue into Battle Royale games right now that fueled that fire. The money that went into Warframe, I don't think there's a natural and organic hot fire of interest in Warframe, so it didn't it it didn't allowed um it didn't allow the game to flourish. Like I think the idea could have done better if maybe it showed up a whole lot earlier. It was just too late in the Warframe's life cycle. I don't think people I just think people were naturally not interested. Um, I was trying to go to Milo because he said that he had an Ursix on him, but now we're all split up because, like, I literally can't get to you, Milo. I feel like you're getting further and further away the more I travel. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, it's Buddha time. To expand top to your question about Outpost, I was under, I was understanding I was able to go to Strider out in the free roam and change gear and go through the drops. I based all this off of several Anthem streams. Ben Irving saying this exact same thing. I feel like this would have made a possibility to spend extremely long time in free play. Um... I, again, I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to beat this dead horse. I already answered this question. I don't think it belongs in the game because I feel like the game's identity is one where you get a bunch of stuff and then you go back, and I think that's okay. Uh, I think that. I think that that is a fine thing, and we don't need to deviate from it. I don't want to ask. Don't 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 repackage questions and ask them again. I mean, you, I already answered this question, so like basically making me answer it again just because somebody said something on a stream isn't really helpful. I I, th- I feel like I gave a pretty good answer to this already. Uh, Johnny, always. I haven't played Anthem yet, but from what I've seen, there uh, there's times where the player can get one shot out of the blue. Uh, need better warning and cues. Yeah, there are, the, the damage feedback needs looked at. There are times where I have no idea what the frick shot me or from where or why I died so fast. Damage feedback needs to be a little bit better. Uh, some of it's, I think some of it's lag too. I, I do. I, I think some of it's lag. Um, I do think sometimes you're just not being told you're being shot and then all of a sudden you are, uh, you're dead in the water. And that that's going to come with maybe just servers getting better with time. Um, you know, there's there's definitely an element of, of latency sometimes as well. 
Jam Cloud, you, you input on your in, uh, inspecting your character on the go. No quick swap weapons during strongholds, ETC. I uh, already answered this. I don't think they want people loot gazing and navel gazing and looking at their gear uh, and constantly messing with stuff. You're supposed to play, use your loadout, try it out, get go with it. If you don't like it, go back, try again. If you're constantly looking at loadouts and loot and changing things, it's a min-maxing game, and that would be really, really halting. Uh, we need to go back because I'm almost full. Um, and I think that that would be really halting to the gameplay. It's a min-maxing game, so you're constantly like, what if I do this? What if I move this? What if I equip this instead of this? Like, you're constantly kind of moving things around and crunching numbers, and I feel like that would be bad. Uh, that would be bad for the structure. Uh, Mr. Wasted, what is your end game play rotation? For example, one to two strongholds and free play. Right now, it's all free play. The strongholds and the, the legendary contracts and contracts are not rewarding enough. Soul Killer, can you elaborate on luck mods? They increase the drop rates of, of higher rarity items. That's it. Uh, Donald, in your opinion, when do you think we should start looting for other javelins once your main's uh, at master? It's completely up to you. Me, I got to the point where I felt like my guy is essentially ready for them to address loot drop, right? I'm like, eh, grinding for legendaries and masterworks in Grandmaster 1, I, I feel like I should be able to do, like, the high-end game stuff now. I should be able to be doing strongholds right now at Grandmaster 1 and be getting buried in stuff to, to, to streamline my build. And then I would start, you know, really, really polishing him. Because I didn't feel like I could do that, I moved on to my Ranger. I just got a component for the Ranger that increases the electric effects uh, and in a, performing a melee kill restores tw- 20% shields. That's fantastic. Uh, excited to have that. Um, we got another one here. The increases combo damage. Another component. So we're getting some really good stuff here. Performing a combo restores 40% armor to nearby allies. So not to me, just to nearby allies. Does that restore mine? I thought I got a more ma- I thought I got more masterworks than just two. Holy frick. Okay. Uh, next question. Wicked clown. What the with the catch up mechanics like for players coming in later? For example, I have a group of friends I play everything with, and not everyone gets to invest the same amount of time. Uh, as someone in D3. As far as we know, I don't know of any catch-up mechanics right now, okay? I don't know of any catch-up mechanics right now, but but they can play with you, and it scales to them, so they're not one-shotting everything, so they will kill things as fast as they're supposed to, so you're not gonna feel like they're steamrolling you through your play session, and you're not really having any fun, because nothing's challenging you. Um, so, I don't know if they need to institute catch-up mechanics because I feel like the campaign is there as a quality point that's always there when you start, and that's a good chunk of time, okay? If you want to... Um, if if you want to bypass that or catch up with your buds because they're all running Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3, some of that, I think, just happens with them kind of helping you through the content and you're just getting loot. I also think wanting to skip all of the early game value is a little bit of a mistake there's a happy medium I don't quite know where it is I don't have the answer because I don't want to see people completely skip out on all the early game because then I feel like you just I don't know I feel like you miss out on I don't know I feel like you miss out on the on the core of the game if you do that and that needs to be something that is uh, that is considered whenever allowing people to kind of catch up and bypass stuff next question Cosmic, do you know if the day one patch notes will include the other buffs of the Interceptor? I have no idea. You have to read them yourself. High Life, if you could only buy one game, which would you recommend, Division 2 or Anthem? I've not played enough Division 2. 
um, to, to make a judgment call. I do have thoughts on Division 2 and the the lack of presence of the abilities. Their abilities felt clunky and lame. This is not just because I came off of playing Anthem. Uh, I feel like the abilities in Division are not present enough and you are hiding in cover too much. I'm being very careful with my words here. You're not in cover too much. You're hiding in cover too much. Um, so... What is your progress for the challenges for the Legionnaires? Oh, I should, I'll check that, I'll check that this time. It's a good idea to check that. Uh, so I can't make a recommendation of Anthem over Division 2, because I haven't played enough Division 2, but I, I have concerns about Division as, as a, from a gameplay standpoint, right? From a gameplay standpoint, I have concerns about, uh, about Division 2, just because of the way that, um, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of structured. So I, I, I worry about the lack of presence from the, uh, just the abilities not showing up that much. Um, so did I just, dis- did I just unequip a one with luck? I, I want to make sure I didn't just unequip one with luck. We don't want to do that. Luck is, uh, I want to hold on to those as long as I can. Yeah. Apparently it still thinks it's equipped. Uh, so I have no idea which one I unequipped. So we will do the this one here. Next question. Tops, what about the lack of text chat in Anthem? Do you think it'll affect future endgame content? Uh, it's because there's regulations. If they put text chat in the game, they basically have to put in text-to-speech, and they're maybe going to do that later. <clears throat> as far as affecting the endgame, you're talking about something that is minor and not normative. I don't think most people are like, where's the text chat? What the frick? Strick me. How'd you feel about buying cheaper progression unlock for playing like they do in StarCraft? I don't think you want to buy shortcuts. How'd you feel about different enemy factions actually hurt each other? I don't really care about that. I'm I'm shooting and getting loot. I don't care what the enemy's doing to itself. Johnny, Lono, does Anthem have build slots we can assign, or do we have to manually change? Yeah, you can have five loadouts per javelin. What is the biggest mistake you could see Anthem possibly making or should avoid? Uh, nerfing stuff, taking power away or adding pvp those would be the biggest mistakes they could make uh c3 just wondering if you skipped my question i may have missed it if the storage uh if the storage vault space also absolutely love spending my days off with your stream i may have missed it the storage vault space i don't this isn't a question uh let me kill kill mister uh is the crafting system rewarding is it something you enjoy in the downtime once you get to the point where you have enough materials to craft you're crafting for inscriptions and specific roles but you're going to eat through your materials really fast so it's a rhythmic periodic thing you do to try to get a better role on something that you really know that you like i did it yesterday i thought it was pretty cool Sasquatch. Higher rarity weapons can influence uh, certain builds and playstyles, especially for specific javelins. Do you think Destiny should rethink class-specific guns? Different games, different strokes. I don't think class-specific guns were ever good in Destiny. I thought it was stupid. I, I just didn't like it. I want to farm for loot. If I find really good loot, you can get the loot too. That's 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 the way Destiny's kind of always been. Destiny's also a gun-driven game, and I don't think guns only being usable on certain classes is a good idea. There's tons of people who only have one character. So, this is a different game. This is a class abilities-based game, and I think those differences are important in this game because it's more about the abilities. So, you don't get Nova Bomb on your Titan, right? That's that's okay, right? If you pick Titan, you don't get Nova Bomb. But like, you don't get this hand cannon on your Titan. That's different. 
Uh, Lord Drax, do you think the day one patch will stop the YouTuber complaining so much? I don't know, probably not. Complaining into being negative gets you more clicks and money, so it's bias-laden response videos. West Games, is there anything to do with uncommon or rare embers once you're at your level? I don't think so, other than making the, um, other than making the, the consumables. Ghost, ghosted. Probably a noob question, but I'm new to the stream in the game. Can you explain Masterwork? Uh, it's just a level of... of um, it's like Legendaries in Destiny. Uh, legendaries in this game are like exotics. The tip, tip, top of the tier in this game is Legendary. That's cause, So that's like the exotics in, in Destiny. And then the Masterworks in this game are like Legendaries. You're trying to get multiple Masterworks of a certain item to get the role that you want. That's essentially how Masterworks work in this game. Uh, Gooser. Would you rather have one more, uh, would wrap more javelin or new abilities for the current javelins? I think you're going to fall in love with the current javelins and the current way that they play. And I think it'd be really, really fun to get new specs and ways of playing them, like getting a sword for the Colossus, getting a melee for, for the ranger that detonates instead of, you know, primes, stuff like that could be really cool. Do you think Anthem will have cross-play? They looking into it, it would be awesome. At the very least, cross-save would be over a, a, a good thing for the community. Cross-play is something they said they're looking into, but there's no definitive answer right now. That is the last question. I'm going to continue streaming. If you're here live right now and you enjoyed this segment, if you like my content, please click the follow button. That's a free way to support what I do. Click that little heart button. Uh, it's an easy way to come back every day and take part in these question and answers. I'll go full screen with the gameplay now, and we'll keep talking. I love these conversations. The conversation is not going to end, so keep putting your questions and thoughts in chat. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Come in and hang out with us. If I'm not live, click follow so you can catch these streams. As always, I appreciate you watching and listening to all of my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.